Welcome to the Poor Sports Podcast. Uh, this is Casey McLean. I have a compromised voice. Please don't let it ruin the podcast. It held up you. well, though. Yeah, it's. I mean, I feel like I listened to a podcast I recorded, uh, like a solo podcast, and it wasn't as bad as I thought. In my in my head, yeah, it sounds very bad. Well, when I walked in the door, it sounded worse than it sounds now. Yeah, it's going to be really bad in the morning because I've taxed it. Talking yeah, for you've, a you've long definitely time. you raw dogged that voice. Oh baby, <laughs> I'm going to be creating new voices, young new voices that I can't raise myself. Uh, um, we talked about a lot of stuff today. We had a lot to talk about that we kind of glossed over, but uh, we the, I'm going to give you the full list of topics. We watched the just a. A slobber knocker of a, a fight. <laughs> we finally watched some combat sports. Uh, we watched the cart narks. We skipped the Mariners in and out, com- uh, not commercial, but video, which I thought was actually very funny. Let's, yeah. Although we can talk about the Mariners more next week or baseball in general, sure. since it'll be preceding the start of the season. Yes. Um, talked briefly about Aaron Rodgers, Scotty Scheffler, John ja Morant, Edwin Diaz, and Shohei Otani, but more about the World Baseball Classic in general. Yeah. Which neither of us watched. Well, you watched more than I did. <laughs> we, I watched. We formed some opinions on some things we didn't watch. I watched one at bat. In <laughs> retrospect, uh, we talked about the Roger Goodell extension. Antoine Davis, who you probably don't even know who he is, and then the um, stick around for Antoine Davis. <laughs> and then we closed out. Well, we did the home run game again, but uh, and we're doing it every week. It's our best home run game. Pretty goddamn good. Stick around for the home run game, or fast forward to it if you don't want to. Uh, stick around. And then we talked about the Mina Kimes racial slur incident, which makes it sound like Mina Kimes said a racial slur. <laughs> she was the victim yeah. of a racial slur. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Uh, follow me at the Casey McLean, June 25th, Tacoma Comedy Club. Uh, stand updates at the Casey McLean on Instagram. Alex SSN. Everywhere except for Instagram and anywhere but Twitter. Yeah. All right. Thank you for <laughs> listening. Tell your friends, subscribe, rate us, whatever, all that bullshit. Thank you. That's very good. All right. This is the gonna be the second sober episode. We're doing good. Is it maybe three? Have we done three? <laughs> we should keep up a white. Yeah. And just start marking them down. We get tokens for every uh, every <laughs> sober episode, um, which is unfortunate because I do feel like drinking whiskey, but I don't. Uh, my voice is fucked. I've been filling my body with ibuprofen and anti-inflammatory, anything I can find. Um, I haven't done stand-up in like 10 days. Wow. Uh, and there's like no, I mean, I don't have shows scheduled. I would have scheduled shows, but I'm like, I don't know when this is going to be better. Yeah. Yeah. And I've done shows with a voice like this and I'm not like a, I'm not Chris Rock. I'm not like stomping the stage and yelling, <laughs> but it really does. It like affects me. It's, uh, you know, you know, I'm sure it's not a crazy, but like, I'm, you know, want to be emphatic on stage and I'm limited. You sound, yeah. You'll sound defeated instead exactly. of uh, excited. <laughs> Even though nobody has seen me before, like, you know, normally when I go to a show, nobody, there are very few people yeah. have seen me before when you hear a guy that's like, because <gasps> he can't, you know, his throat's in flames. So why not just talk uh, into a microphone and record it forever? Yeah. Let's see what happens after 90 minutes. Although I do think if you had whiskey with this condition about halfway through, you might not. It's all gone. Yeah. Oh, I thought you I think were I say. think you wouldn't be able to speak. I think it would affect you. Interesting. In a negative. Now way. it kind of feels like maybe if, maybe if you it. put like some honey in it. Yeah, that's what well, I think okay. the whiskey people think that there's people that 
prescribe whiskey as like the cure for a cold. Yeah. And those people are called <laughs> severe alcoholics. Every <laughs> one of them is. It's not, yeah, like Back to the Future 3. And sure. They just give them whiskey for everything. It's like, no, nah, that's not how the real world works. Yeah. Um, okay. So, and the other reason you're not drinking because you uh, checked into rehab yesterday and broke out for this today. <laughs> we should just constantly keep making jokes about my... Uh, my You're day-to-day sobriety. sobriety. <laughs> <laughs> no, last night I went to the uh, the Seattle Thunderbirds two-for-Tuesday hockey game, which I go nice. to pretty much all of them with my buddies. And uh, it's two-for-two. Two. It used to be $2 Tuesday. I'm cramping your style by having this. By no, there's only like eight a year. Like gotcha. eight a okay. season. It's not, right. It doesn't happen very often. Um, but when the schedule works out that way, you get like half-price tickets. They do half-price drinks. They do like... $2 hot dogs, popcorn, soda. It's a pretty good deal. It's very affordable. You could literally walk into that stadium with a $20 bill and fill yourself up over yeah. the course of a game. It used to be that it was $2 beers as well, but then a fight broke out one yeah. day. And that wasn't even that long ago. This was maybe like five or six years ago. And after the fight broke out, they were like, well, we can do half price beers, but the $2 thing is out the window. The they two, they gentrified beers. fights out of that Tuesday night. They basically. really they were probably looking for any excuse to raise the price, and sure. that was perfect. But the $2 beer nights, those were dangerous, man. You'd yeah. go in there, and you would just get like an armful of PBR cans, and you'd be good for the evening. Yeah, does, does the Tacoma Rainiers, used to, they do something on Thursdays, right? Thirsty Thursday, Thursdays. And yeah. it's, it's, you have to drink Coors Light, which for you is probably not a problem. For me, no, it presents a, uh, a little bit of a problem, a moral dilemma. Yeah. I like uh, a few years ago, I believe it was, they switched to Coors from Bud. At, gotcha. You know, all these stadiums and arenas, they all get tied in with one distributor of sure. alcohol. Uh, T Mobile Arena in Vegas is notoriously a. Anheuser-Busch Arena, and all they have is Bud and Bud Light, and then all the various versions of Bud and Bud Light, like Estrella Jalisco, Mexican Bud Light. Yes. You know, so you find uh, you find a stadium that gets tied to one of those providers. That can be very divisive. I'm not really a Bud guy myself. It's got a weird aftertaste. You're, uh, wow, you really can. I, I would like to do, <laughs> we should do this on here because we've also talked about doing a, uh, a um, where I'm going to try to make you like, IPAs at some point. Yeah. And at some point, we should also do a blind taste test of macro lagers. Okay. And yeah. see if you can actually tell the difference. I can probably tell the difference between Bud Light and anything else. Gotcha. You think but so? I don't think anything else I would be able to notice a difference, really. I remember when I found out that, like, so Rainier is not brewed in Washington State anymore. Yeah. It's brewed by the Pabst Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, well, Pabst makes a similar product. Yeah. Oh, it's the same thing with <laughs> a different same can. Product. They just throw it in a different can. Yeah. And then you find out that like there's a bunch of those regional, be- like Lone Star in Texas yeah. is just Pabst yeah. with a Texas flag on it, basically. Yeah, they did it with uh, a lot of different things. Yeah, Olympia was in there for a while. They yeah. had a bunch. They bought up a bunch. And uh, yeah, so if you notice the difference between those, you are uh, some sort of expert. Or yeah. it might be the placebo effect. Yes. <laughs> Even like uh, like. I remember when I found out, and I, this is like maybe, you know, a little apocryphal, but I believe my understanding is Keystone Light is Coors Light that was like, it didn't fail the QC test <laughs> like it would be a it's problem, not not but it's like not, it's like the the B stock of Coors Light. God, imagine. 
Yeah. Now those people out there drinking Keystone Light, like just for I get that there is a little bit of a price difference between the Keystone Lights of the world and then the Coors Lights of sure. the world, but it's so minimal. It's so minimal that if you're actually making that decision based on price over taste, maybe you just shouldn't be drinking at all. I think step it up to a to a European Pilsner would be my. Uh, but but you're, you're an elevated. That's true. Beer man. Elevated beer man. That's that <laughs> might be the name of this podcast. Uh, there's. Um, I was in Atlanta many years ago, and my yeah. friend, I was 22 or 23, so we were all, like, poor and uh, new to, like, not new to drinking, but, like, You're new, new to enough. being yeah. adults and drinking, yeah. right? So we bought uh, 40 packs of Keystone wow. Light, wow. three of them, <laughs> wow. in five days. Me and my buddy did the majority of the drinking, and then there was, like, a cast of characters from Atlanta. He's from here, so I stayed with him. Yeah. And then there was, like, a cast of characters that he was friends with out there that came in and would just, like, share this. But I had, like, 60 or 70 Keystone Lights in the five days I was there. That's impressive. And it, also, we went to, like, this place. It's probably gone, or maybe it's a different name or whatever. It's called Wild Bills. And they had a – it was, like, a $2 beer night. Yeah. And it was funny because – I was doing like a little better financially, not a lot, but a little better financially than these dudes. And so I bought like a round of $2 beers <laughs> and they were like, oh, fuck, we've never even thought to do that. When you're in your early 20s, dude, buying drinks for your friends or really anybody is like unheard of. It's yeah. the first time I spent eight bucks. I, and <laughs> I don't remember the yeah, I don't remember the first time it happened, but the first time it does happen, the the feeling is like, oh, shit. I got to yeah. catch up. I got to catch up. When someone buys a round for the groove at first, you're like, man, either they're really rich or I'm really poor. Yeah. <laughs> or something has gone terribly wrong here. Yeah. Do you now when you go out, do you ever, this is the way I do it, and you can, I'm, we'll split the bill. That's yeah. one option. The other option is one of us pays the whole bill and then the other person pays the next time or you do the Venmo thing. We don't need to make this fucking waitress do yeah. math six ways and try to figure out everyone's bill to, you know, like <laughs> how fucking cheap are we? And then it's also like a little bit of, this is like personal, but I'm like, my, I'm represented by this tip now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, the, uh, the, the funny thing about the Venmo thing is that it always comes to people after the fact, right? The bill comes and everybody pulls their card out and then one person will be like, Hey, we could just Venmo each other. And then that saves that saves yeah. everybody the trouble. But I get it. It's it's awkward, especially if when you're with people that you're not going to see again anytime soon. If it's yeah. the same group of friends you go out with, you know, every few weeks, one of you picks up one, the other one picks up the other, pretty easy. But uh, when it's like a group of dudes, especially, no one really knows what to do. And there's always like one person that wants to step up and be the baller that's like, I got it. And it's like, that's going to be weird for you ultimately and then yeah. for all of us at the same time. I remember I was dating a woman before my wife. The woman I dated before my wife, uh, we went out. She was a couple years older than me, which is crazy to imagine. I thought she was like older. She was 27. I was yeah. 23. Yeah, I had the same. I had a similar oh, yeah. relationship with the exact same age gap that you yeah, just it, mentioned. In your mind, you're like, this is like an this is like a <laughs> like spring and November relationship, <laughs> and you're like, no, that's like spring and later that same month. <laughs> like that's uh, but yeah. she had a friend. Her roommate was like. Uh, no, I don't think it was a roommate. Some like alcoholic lady she was friends with <laughs> that would just buy everybody's tab That's for no great. reason. Yeah. yeah. So I went and I was like, this is going to be like a $120 bill yeah. for us. And this lady just like paid it all. 
Yeah. I was like, oh, I didn't even want to be here, so this is great. I'm glad she did that. Those guys, I, I know those types of people. They never stay in your life for long, but yeah. for the short time that they're there, it's great. Yeah. Because you actually get to the point where you expect them to do those things. Like, you go out, you're like, oh, we're going out with so-and-so? Awesome. Yeah. Like, I might as well leave my wallet at home because they got it all taken care of, and we can go as hard as we want. They don't care. Usually they make good money, so it's sure. legit. Like they're actually, Or they have like a good divorce settlement they recently <laughs> yeah. went through in this case, I think. But, yeah. yeah, something really good like that. Uh, and those people are great, man. They'll pick it up, and they, like you don't feel bad about it. Like You know if you have your buddies that you're going out with, yeah. and one of them picks up even, like say, a $10 lunch tab or something, you feel a little bit bad about it because you generally know how much money they make, right? Yeah. And so it's just, it's a weird, it can be a weird place to be, man. And as you get older, it gets slightly easier. But when you're in your 20s, especially, no one really knows what to do in those situations. Yeah. I had a, one of my buddies turned, I don't know, like 22 or something. And I was still 21 and I didn't have any money, like, you know, days away from payday or whatever. Yeah. And he lent me money to <laughs> go out for his birthday. Yeah. And then I bought him a bunch of drinks, but it's like, you kind of bought, I mean, I paid him back. That's a, but that's a good friend, man. Yeah, right? and the, I think there are so many times, especially when you're you're in that period in your life, where I think in your twenties you want to admit you, you don't want to admit that you're poor, but we're yeah. all poor. We're all poor. Like yes. if you actually have a rich friend in your twenties, like they probably kind of suck. Like their parents are yeah. facilitating everything for them, and they're never going to grow up the way the rest of us will. Either Most that, or are they are, are like a plumber. Yeah. And they're like tired. Yeah, yeah. They can't stay out past 7 p.m. Yeah. Like I got there's always the friend that like they didn't go to college. They got into a job right away. Yeah. And at like 22, they're making more money than you'll make when you're 30. Yeah. Right. So there's always that guy. But yeah. in general, it's it's a uh, it's a tough time to navigate finances. But you still want to go out and try and be a baller in your 20s. What did you what do you think you spent on uh what a two for Tuesday at uh, the Thunderbirds game. Uh, I think I had like I had two beers and it was like fourteen dollars, but they were the twenty four ounce cans. Gotcha. So have you reached the point in your life where that's enough to ruin your next day? You said you didn't want to drink yes. today because of that. Wow. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't drink a lot of beer, but true, when you're at the, when you're at those games, I mean that's really yeah any game that's yeah. generally it's like that or seltzer. Yeah. There's much. not a lot of options outside of that, especially at a minor league hockey game. You go to yeah. the Mariners and they actually have like mixed drinks at places and things like that, which is very nice. But um, yeah, two beers like. I, I can't even. This is getting. This is what getting older looks like. Because like <laughs> I did, I did the same thing you did in my twenties, where it's like you'd go get like a thirty bomb of whatever cheap ass beer you could find, and you and your buddies could crush that, you yeah. know, in an afternoon, no problem. Now, like two cores lights, and I'm like, I don't, I don't feel great, and I, I feel like everything is full. You know, yeah. and then I'm dragging the whole next day. It's it's beer. I, I might have a gluten intolerance. I don't. I, don't I think we all do a little bit. I yeah, think that's what and they I say, love right? sandwiches, so I'm sure. not going to go get that checked out. I'm going to keep eating my sandwiches and just know that beer doesn't go so well. <laughs> yeah, I have a a buddy uh, actually. So another story of people owing each other money. When we were 19, we went to Canada, and uh, we were it was we didn't know it was Halloween weekend, right? His, by the way, his name is Derek Wakefield. He actually used to work in Seattle radio. Okay. I went to high school with him. We were like childhood best friends. We don't talk anymore for reasons that will become more obvious in this story. Uh, <laughs> we go to Canada, and uh, we didn't know it was Halloween weekend. We just didn't think about it. So we go to Canada, yeah. and every everyone's like in costumes, and we're like, oh, shit, everyone's in costumes. Like, this is going to be – and we were doing like the classic – 
uh, there's a little Dicky song about the classic male pregame, and it's exactly that. It's like everybody's in their white T-shirt and fucking. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's very. It's like a period piece now. Yeah, because in the early 2000s, that was the look. Yeah, and well, it's also like the we're we're gonna wear button up shirts over these T-shirts, but right. we got it's the only time any of us ever pick up an iron is like yeah. we're gonna go out and get <laughs> pussy tonight. That, that's what, okay. Look, I, uh, there's a lot of like memes about fashion in the early and mid 2000s. Yes, for guys, it was like the only period in time where we had to have button-ups and collars all the fucking time yes why why did we do that no one does it now now you go now you go out to like a pretty nice place and you're wearing like a t-shirt yeah yeah but it was just it was a weird time so canada (laughs) there's uh not legal marijuana but like ish legal ish much less criminalized at the time they turn a much blinder eye yes exactly and uh we go through like some, you know, we don't need to get into all the, the histrionics of the way we got the weed, but it was like, that was a process also. <laughs> and then my buddy has, uh, we have um, weed, we have absinthe, which was at the time illegal in the U.S. also. Yeah. Um, all this stuff in the hotel room, I think maybe some other stuff. Uh, my friend, he's smoking weed and he starts to have like a panic attack. Derek, Derek does. <laughs> and he goes to push on the window, like to open the window of the hotel. It opens like three inches because apparently people commit suicide on Granville Street in Vancouver. So <laughs> How high you, up were you guys? Like, high. Okay. So it's not like it's a second floor. And like yeah. 12 or 14 stories. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. That's pretty standard for a hotel. Yeah, yeah. So he tries to open it. It's not opening all the way and he's having a panic attack. So he pushes on it. Oh, God. And it shatters. Oh, no. Falls 14 floors. It cuts into his wrist. His, it hit like hit an artery. Jeez. It's he squirts blood across the whole room, across our shirts. Every white tee is covered and has a spray of blood. <laughs> now you guys have your costumes for the yeah. Halloween weekend. So that's the thing. We we have one friend, the guy that actually let me borrow the money on his birthday. He grabs him, like puts a tourniquet on his arm, and he's like, "You guys go downstairs." We get it's like we're fucking freaking out. We get in the elevator, and then you just like you get in, and it's like Laura Croft. Uh, there's like a golfer <laughs> and we don't like, we're not even in the, uh, this isn't even registering for us at the moment, but they look at us and they go, that blood looks so realistic. <laughs> and we're like, oh shit. It is. It's real blood. And then we get down and like the, so anyways, that, that uh, hotel room was on my credit card oh, to this day. God. Derek Wakefield has never paid me for that. How uh, much did that bill cost? Do so, you have any recollection? Yeah, it was like 380 extra dollars, which is actually seems pretty reasonable. That does seem pretty reasonable. This was also like 2005. That's a lot still. I mean, 380 is still a lot. At that time in my life, that was a debilitating amount yeah, of money. Yeah, that's an insane amount of money. Yeah. That's like a paycheck for whatever job you're doing. Yeah. And he still never paid me. And he's like, you know, you know, a guy that's a scumbag once, is rarely that's the last time he's a scumbag. You Where know? is this guy now? I don't actually know. Can uh, we get him on the podcast? <laughs> no, we, I probably. I bet he has the same cell phone number. To be honest with you, last I heard, he had. Uh, we had other times. It wasn't like it was the last time I hung out with him. I went to a. He had a uh, birthday party for his grandpa, like some years later, and his dad got strippers. And wow. Yeah, it was. Wow. It's the only time I've ever been somewhere with private strippers, like a private party with yeah, strippers, yeah. and it. It's a different experience. Uh, I've never been in that situation with <laughs> the private strippers, but I've heard some stories from friends, and they're exactly, first of all, they're exactly the type of people you think would get the strippers. Yeah. And the strippers are exactly as bad as you think it would be, too. Well, I will say there was a lady there, and I'm, I'm, you know, 21 or something at the time, and she's 20 or something like that. And uh, 
very attractive woman, and we're like contemporaries age-wise. Yeah. And there were old dudes that were hitting on her hard, and I was just like <laughs> talking to her. And at a moment, I was like, I think this lady likes me. And I got her <laughs> phone number. Wow. And Was it a real phone number? It was a real phone number. Wow. But oh, no. what I didn't imagine in that moment i'm like no this lady absolutely likes me and we're gonna i'm gonna she must be good at her job <laughs> i'm gonna turn her around her life's gonna be better immediately her life fell into quote unquote crisis and i'm she's like basically asking me for money to solve problems in her life and i'm like oh i don't make like i'm 21 years old lady like i don't make i can't fix your fucking radiator on your car i can't maybe she thought you were handy yeah, you know, maybe, maybe. like this man might not have money, but he could be good with cars. We don't maybe, know. Yeah. yeah, maybe. I do look, I have a more masculine look than I can back up. You know, <laughs> I can't do shit with cars. <laughs> I look like if you like gave me a, like a thin cigar and a, and a fucking like a light on my head, you know, like at one of those headlamps, yeah. I could, I could <laughs> probably, you know, make your car run that hasn't run in years. <laughs> I can't do that. Yeah, you look like you fix obscure things like yeah. musical instruments or bicycles, perhaps. Yeah, like yeah. like there's I've had the same toaster since 1983 because I won't let it die. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Not cars though. The car guys are always like they definitely failed high school. First yeah. of all, <laughs> that's listen. There could be we could have dozens of uh, mechanics listening. And we if you lost all if you are listening, I'm so I'm sorry. So sorry. I, I Alex's opinions do not represent. Feel free to send in your podcast. high school transcript so we can be proven <laughs> or, wrong, or send in a quote because I need my check engine lights on. So <laughs> you should get that checked out. Uh, oh yeah, you're the one to tell me it's been on the fucking dashboard. Come on, Alex. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, I want to talk about. We've been getting thousands of emails. Thousands <laughs> saying you don't talk about combat sports. Uh, combat sports are real sports, and you guys ignore them as though they don't exist. You have to talk about combat sports, yeah. Alex and Casey. Okay. And listen, we're at a point with combat sports where there's huge fights every weekend. Yeah, there are. Yeah. Every weekend there are enormous fights. Before and, before we jump into the subject, because I know where you're going, do you, are you a guy that watches UFC? Or watches like don't boxing. listen, Alex. <laughs> we're gonna do some analysis that's gonna let you know the answer to that question. Okay, okay? we are gonna start today. We are we're gonna cover. Listen, I can't promise it's gonna be on every episode, but combat sports will make an occasional appearance. If something this monumental happens in combat sports, we will not ignore it. Is what I'm. It's I'm a big saying. story. It's a big. It's one. a huge one. You sent me the video. You made me watch. Well, and not only that, did you? You didn't realize that uh, what I sent you was the live stream. But what we now have is an in-ring angle of the fight. Oh wow! It's you will be watching this for the first time. I can't stop watching it because it's such a monumental combat sports moment. Can you? Can wait, first of all, I had no idea the geography of where this fight was taking place. Now the biggest ones all take place in Vegas. Or you would think. Or I don't know where else, Vegas again. Yeah. This one probably was not. <laughs> this was not in Vegas. But believe it or not, the center of combat sports, the most monumental event happening in combat sports this weekend, was in Gig Harbor, Washington. Oh, it's Gig Harbor. That explains a lot. I would have thought maybe Silverdale more than Gig Harbor. But... It definitely fits Silverdale a little better. Okay, so I'll pause it real quick. We're going to watch the whole fight. This is my. I'm friends with both these guys. These are t so obviously we're joking. These are two comedians that fought this weekend. Uh, Shad Foster and Roger Lazola. Uh, 
Rogers, like for like a longtime headliner, for some reason in the pandemic, he grew a mullet and a handlebar mustache. He didn't always used to look like that. He looks like a real fighter now. He kind of. He looks like he fought he looks 12 like, years ago. He looks like the guy that if he was a Street Fighter character, no one would pick him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to make this clear before we start. Either of these dudes, with the very little training that they have, and you're going to see how little training they have, could beat the shit out of me. I, I'm not getting into this ring. I actually found out that a friend of mine was coaching Roger, uh, and he's considering fighting. I'm not saying everybody on these videos we're going to watch could beat the fuck out of me, okay? I, I would not have known. I mean, clearly they had limited training, but they were technique-wise. I've watched a lot of boxing in my day. Sure. They had pretty good technique. One of them did. <laughs> I would say Roger is like if there was gonna if this fight was gonna end in a knockout, Roger's a much stronger person. If it doesn't end in a knockout, Shad I, well, I suspect I mean, has better cardio. The me- <laughs> the, me- <laughs> the measurements. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think there are too many promoters out there that would stack these two against each other. I don't know. If this is exactly a sanctioned fight. This is a street beefs scrapyard. I don't know where this is. Undisclosed location in Olympia or in uh, Gig Harbor, Washington. <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, can you set because you sent me the video with zero context? Yeah. Other than that, it was comedian. Basically, Spider-Man. we were going to watch it. On I just wanted right. you to see it. Yeah, yeah. But it's good that you gave me no context because now I have a lot of questions. Yeah. Number one, why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so this is kind of a cool story, actually. Okay. Uh, they did a show later that night, and this is my—I don't know how the show actually went, but my understanding was. Whoever won the fight headlined, and whoever lost opened. Now, what if one of them had just gotten absolutely pummeled? Yeah, that certainly is a problem. <laughs> How would they have done that show? Well, what we're going to find out is that's not – we'll watch another fight after this because there was another fight, and they have this this angle you're going to see on here, and uh, we'll talk about that one too. But All this right. is – so Shad Fo- – I'm going to start playing it now. Shad Foster, Roger Lazola. Shad's 26 years old, six two, 146 pounds. Roger's 44 years old. Five foot six, two hundred eighteen pounds. Roger Lazola fighting out of Bremerton, Washington, <laughs> a, uh, by way of Gilroy, California, the garlic capital of the world. He home, just moved back to Washington State. Champion Robert. Oh, what the <laughs> fuck? Oh, there we go. <laughs> we're gonna win, we're gonna win the belt today. And that's six two one forty six. Five six two eighteen. Washington, home of a bunch of gangbangers like Roger, and I'm still gonna beat his ass. <laughs> okay, the thing about Chad Foster, and he doesn't look as as crazy. He he wears glasses normally. Yeah. Shad Foster looks like a guy who grew up at either an all-black school or is a white supremacist. Those are the two options. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's either end of the spectrum. But the way he yeah. talks is somewhere in the middle. Yeah, well, and then when he calls Roger a gangbanger, you're like, dude, what the f-? Like, relax. <laughs> Fuck, he's, he's a comedian. He's like, Roger goes and works on, like, well, long— Okay, this dude's Shad. He said he's from Tacoma, right? Yeah. Now, there's two different Tacomas. There's the Tacoma where I live and your kids go to stadium high school. Sure. And then there's the Tacoma that most people know. I need to know which part of Tacoma he's from. I believe he's from the other part. He's from the other side of the tracks from really? where, where you live, yes. I wouldn't expect that. I think uh, if you saw him, yeah, if you saw him uh, not in this attire, it would be a little more obvious. He's got some He's got some stank on him, Shad does. <laughs> Fire Chicken's a good name, by the way. I don't know anything about these guys. This is comedian in a boxing match. Shout out to the sponsors. He showed a premium clothing brand, HKUSA. Check him out. Links in the description. Also, check out Remedy Okay, we're doing a, a Remedy Speakeasy. where they have the show, by the way. They do comedy shows there all the time. Okay. Okay, boxing match. Went over the rules before the fight. You got any questions? What the fuck? <laughs> you got any questions? 
This stream is too high quality. Yeah. But isn't it, this is a way better view than the other one, right? Like Yeah, the, the live stream view is just like a drone above them, and then you can't yeah. hear a whole lot. Yeah, this is like a GoPro guy walking around the ring. Yeah. Now, I will say, if you just go and watch the entire thing. What the fuck? Are if we you doing? go watch the entire thing. The ending. It's no one's gonna get killed here. Yeah. So the ending for me it was a little anticlimactic. I was expecting someone to get their ass knocked out. So so Shad's actually been like in a gym training, and Roger's been I think trying to like hope that his like I'm trying to get it in better quality for us. Yeah. There you go. Um. I mean six two one forty six is a very you can if you can't see him. I mean, just picture 62146. That's a lanky, lean, yeah. muscular guy with some reach. Against the dude who's 5'6. It, it wouldn't matter if Roger was in the best shape of anybody's life at 5'6. He's at an extreme disadvantage. This reminds me of uh, the worst version of when David Tua fought Lennox Lewis. <laughs> the the very the, the white and Hispanic version of that in Gig Harbor, Washington. <laughs> So I, I think what you see early, and this is like true of any fighting sport, is these dudes are fucking tired quickly. I don't think most people realize how how much cardio you have to do to be a boxer. Just yeah. walking around defending yourself for a couple punches is one thing, but for like multiple minutes at a time, that's yeah. really hard to do. And so Shad, long left arm, just basically controlling Roger with the jab. That's my analysis. <laughs> He's keeping him at bay with it. Oh, there we go. That was a nice little shot from Roger. So, Roger looks like a guy who is in the middle of a terrible shift at work and just wants to leave at this moment. Okay, here's what I'd say. I think if these guys fought a street fight where there's not rules, not boxing gloves, I got Roger every fucking time. Yeah, no, I, I agree. If, if, if he could take him down to the ground, Roger's winning this thing. Yeah. So then... So this is the end of the round. This is like actually legal, they say. I, I didn't check the legality of it. But so this, I don't know who this dude is talking to Shad here, but it tells me that Shad's not a white supremacist. He's also holding Shad's glasses, if you see. <laughs> I don't know what you do. Do you fight with, oh, this is Greg Beachler. This is my buddy that's training him. Okay. Does he actually box? He's a, he was a mixed martial arts fighter. His kids are He's one legit. of, his uh, stepson is like a legit, very good fighter. Okay. And so then we get into round two, and we can kind of skip forward in this because, like you said, we end we end here on it's just like a shot to the face. Roger's tired; he can't fucking get inside and just calls the fight. He doesn't get knocked out. Shad takes the win. Now I'd like to show you the next fight. <laughs> okay, I didn't I didn't stick around for the next fight, but I heard it was good. Yeah. So when you saw it in real time, I was like. Oh, hold on, I think I'm going to make sure my daughter's not crying right now. Hold on. <laughs> That's probably a good idea. Let's see here. We might have to pause the... We can do that. <laughs> hey, what's wrong, baby? Okay, <laughs> you can tell me something. Can you please turn off your light? Father of the Year podcasting one my it's, daughter's It's style. really amazing that you have like a two-way here. What, baby? I 
Uh, All right, baby, I'm going to be there in a couple minutes, okay? Just a couple, and then I'll come in. <laughs> All right, father of the year. I'm going to, uh, we'll, we'll watch this fight, and then I'll go. I got to go tend to some poopy, apparently. <laughs> okay, so this is the fight that took place after that. Uh, <clears throat> so... I was watching this going like, is there, is this like any legit, these dudes, Spartan and High Speed, they all have like these crazy names. They're yeah. all the craziest, like. They're from, well, one guy lists his hometown as just Washington. Yes. So that's interesting. And then the other guy's from Lakewood. So. Yeah. Five and one record. So he's fought six <laughs> times with these guys. He has a reach advantage despite being the same height and lighter. So this is a relatively short How's it going? Fight. High Speed. Back at it. Here to have fun. Just like every other time. The guy has confidence that I never have had. Both these guys. <laughs> never had confidence hey, like these two dudes. MMA fight. We went over the rules before. Oh, this is MMA style. Yeah. These guys These guys are big boys. They're both about 5'10", 225. Yeah. But you're going to see immediately a different quality of fight here. Scrap. This guy's fighting in pants and a long sleeve. Yeah, and red if it's hair any, and eyebrows. If it's anything like basketball, if they show up in pants and a long sleeve, they're either really good or really bad. All right, I got to we got to fix the quality. I think I I think I know the problem with the quality. And we'll fix it in our uh, brief hiatus. <laughs> so there's like a strong kick there, right? Yeah. Oh, he's dead. He's done. He killed him. So in real time on the live stream so this like seems pretty tidy. He's in the ring for like 15 minutes. They have a full on medic there. Oh my god, he was knocked out for that long. He was knocked out. I mean, you can't like you know. I mean, clearly like, he's knocked out by the way he fell. Yeah, and he's, he's doing the like arm a dead body. thing. Yeah. Okay, I gotta go tend to some poopy. I'll be back. <laughs> All right, parenting at full speed. It occurred. It continues to occur. Uh, the, I'm the best parent on fucking podcasts. That's um, true. I don't think Joe Rogan could do this. Joe Rogan could not. He'd need several ice baths after <laughs> what I just experienced. Uh, I like to end the... Um, it's very corny to say, don't let the bed bugs bite as a dad. But this is what I've learned about my daughter. is when, If she's willing to say, don't let the bed bugs bite, she's going, that's her way of releasing me from the room. If she doesn't That's say important. that, I'm gonna yeah. get screamed at as I walk out the door. You do need you do need the towels to let you yeah. know it's okay to move on with your night. She has no poker face. She has towels all over the place. These kids, man, they they got to work on that. So <laughs> we have a lot to talk about, and I've uh, this kid has taken up enough of our time. I want to get into a thing that I've talked to you about, but I don't think you've investigated. And so I wanted to show you before we get into sports. Yes, when we did just talk about the fight of the century. Uh, and then we followed at, by the the near death apparently. Yeah, the near death of uh, <laughs> Spartan, one name Spartan, <laughs> on his birth certificate. Uh, I want to look at Cartnarks. So this, uh, yes, yeah, Cartnarks. I did not look into this, but I remember you bringing it up. These are looks like this guy's getting ready to roll okay. into his. Yeah, I'll give you. SUV. Yeah, it's Federal Way, Washington. You will recognize this. I know the Safeway. Yes, this so, is uh, on three twentieth. Yeah. The, yes, it's exactly. It's the Safeway on 320th. The premise is people leave their carts out too much, and this guy just goes and calls them out. 
He's not. He doesn't work for stores. He goes all over the country. Okay, so he's he's not from Washington. No, he lives. He's from California. He lives in L.A. But he does like. There's a couple in Washington, but then there's like Atlanta. He did one in like Romania. See the problem. The, I this is funny because I hate people that leave their cart. I, I think they all have a justification for it. It's creating sure. a job for somebody, even though that job is created already. Yeah, and the job is to get it from the cart corral. If you were to take your cart there, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they always You're going to love this they guy. Always, yeah, they always have a justification for it. This guy's a hero already. I don't even need to know anymore. But I would hope someone would tell him, like, the areas of town not to do this in. Because this, this Safeway in Federal Way is maybe right on the border of should I or shouldn't I confront people here. I believe I've seen two times in the history of me watching this. And I think I've watched every single one. But if if I've missed any, it's just a couple. Yeah. Two times he's had guns pulled on him on video. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of places around, like, in the federal way, Tacoma area, sure. where you run the risk. And in general, like, I think, at least around here, Safeways are kind of like the also-ran grocery store, right? Like, What does that mean? I don't know like what that the, means. Like, the second, the second rate. Gotcha. Right? Okay. Like, you're going to okay. go, you're gonna go to uh, Fred Meyer first, definitely, if there's a Fred Meyer gotcha. around, or QFC. I put... Uh, I'd put uh, Q. I'd put Fred Meyer for me. Fred Meyer Safeway, same category. QFC a step above. Yeah, and then it, if it's it, one that's like not, like we go to Metropolitan Market, Alex, yeah. and that's okay. like yeah. that is. Yeah. See, I would I would do money. all my confrontations at the Metropolitan Market type places or Trader Joe's. Well, one thing you <laughs> no might one there is there's actually by ass. the way we're not going to watch the whole thing because this one's already ten minutes, so yeah. we're going to cut into it. But there's a tremendous one. I would say there's two like iconic episodes of Cart and one is this one in Federal Way, and the other one is at a Trader Joe's in California. Perfect. And they're we're, the, we don't have time to watch them both. <laughs> Maybe another later episode will. Oh yeah, it's actually the this guy that's on the screen right here. I'm a fat a hole is the name of the video. Yeah. Uh, is tremendous. But okay, okay. we'll watch. <laughs> we have a cart return right here, as you can see, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, he may have left his cart so, sitting. Fully blocking the spot next couple to things. And this is a new vehicle. There's no license plate on the front, but there's for, still the CarMax. Oh, wow. This is the laziest cart yeah. behind I've ever it's got seen. one right there. There's oh, worse on this, by the way. <laughs> All right. Get the hood magnet. Let's see if I get... Ah, slipped off. <laughs> oh, keep backups. Got it, yes. Come on, sir. Sorry? Take that shit off my cart. Uh, take your cart back to the cart corral. Um, are you I'm, the well, I'm the cart narcs. That's what I do, yes. So <laughs> he puts these magnets on so cars, but so many cars are aluminum like now that they don't yeah. stick. For you. Absolutely. Oh, like, this man looks That's like he nice. would leave his cart behind. There's yes. no easy way to say it. Yes, I agree. I'm the exercise involved with putting the cart away seems like go, it would man? be an inconvenience to him. Yeah. He's also like... You expect this? If I, I don't want to generalize the spam, but he's like a large. I would guess. Gay nurse is my guess. Well, he's definitely wearing some sort of scrub type outfit up top. He's wearing scrubs. Yeah. He's got a effeminate thing going. Sir, all this littering is not nice. In my mind, that guy is like progressive and would never leave. Keep your shit off my car. You're putting a magnet on my paint. Scratching my now, do you do you realize the iron? Would you stop talking over me? <laughs> sassy man. He's you a very sassy. The man. Need your cart. It's always 
Okay, so we'll get lazy bones. So we'll get we'll get a little further ahead. This guy Again, starts driving away. As a, you, a cart, and so then at this point, he's had, gonna notice that the guy's getting out to take the thing off of his car. How's it going? This man won't stop. So, yeah, he's very persistent. Go grab that one. Sir. Take your cart back. Fuck you and remove it. Take your cart back and I'll love you forever. Get the shit off my cart. Why don't you... I don't, we're not talking about the cart. You're just calling me names. Okay, listen. What? Whatever your name is, get that off of my vehicle. I'm Agent Sebastian. Would you please take your cart back and I'll be happy It's unfortunate that this man has a Why name not? tag on. Yeah. That's the unfortunate Why? And it's federal way, <laughs> so I'm like, I might know this dude. I probably... There's almost a certainty that I know someone who knows this guy. <laughs> But that means you There's don't six degrees of separation people. from yeah. this dude, for sure. Take it off. Take your car back. See, we both have now the same amount of leverage. You need to take it off of my car. You need to take your car back. So this man has lit a cigarette also. His, his health decisions the are... I, I appreciate his persistence just as much as the cart here, guy. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> I'm just not going to leave, which, car. like, he has, he could just it. leave. He's chosen not to. He's made himself good TV. Yeah. a good citizen and take your car back? He's a great villain. That's why they have the he is. He's the like playing the role spots. perfectly. This is the, everything you want. Yeah. Block the path of these cars. Would you mind at least moving out of the way of their cars? You take it off my car. <laughs> I will as soon as you take your car back. I'm not moving. Well, that's obstructing traffic for no reason. I hope this is the part. <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to chill out here, that's. I can't recommend it, sir. I'm gonna go get the other one you threw. Okay. Be right back. I don't want to get you littering. Where'd he go? Uh, he really chucked that last one. I want to see this dude in, in the wild. Because I'm also, by the way, like, what's gratifying about this, it's the instant karma thing that I like about, like, fights and stuff like that. Yeah. Where I hate when people leave their card out. It's like a huge pet peeve of mine. Oh, he's leaving. He is one sassy lazy bones. He's gone. You'd think so, but there's he's gonna eight stick minutes around. left in the video. I mean, he's, he's driven far away. This guy is really, like, running to catch up with him. Yes. I don't understand why this guy pulled away, but... Oh, he wanted to take it off his own car? Yeah. Is that what he's trying to do? I need the last fucking time to keep it off my car. All right. I'm about to call the police on you. What are you going to say? That you're fucking violating my car. What the fuck do you want me to say? Stay the fuck away from me. Explain what violating your car means. I will... As soon as you. So it's like we're on like magnet number three or four, or magnet placement number three or four. Go take your car back. Go. You're yelling over me, sir. That means you've lost the argument. Because you're fucking irritating me. Go. This guy is pretty annoying. I gotta say. The villain here has a point. There So there's times where you certainly. I'm not gonna get hurt. I'm gonna Identify with the. I can see both sides. Right, We've humanized. Oh, and there's a really funny part. Go. Get your cart back, please. Where did you learn these negotiation <laughs> tactics, sir? Go. Is that the Hitler salute? I hope not. Do you have to lose it? You can just be nice okay. and take your cart back. Yeah, I gotta. So we'll move a little forward. Do you understand the whole principle here? What did I do nicely? I you more than once nicely to get the fuck away from me. I think when you add the F word, that's not nice. <laughs> this guy's really moving now. To take your cart back, though. Do you see it's the exact same principle? And I think I'm outnicing you, sir. When we talk about niceness, I'm winning. You need to go. Not that it's a competition. You need to go. 
Sir, you, you need to take your me. card back. I, I'll use my property. Your values. You need to stop putting your shit on my. My values are taking cards back. Then go fucking take it back, bitch. <laughs> uh, see, that's the whole problem, sir. Is you're not going to have me with you every, every turn to take your cards back and wipe your butt for you and do all the things that you should be doing for yourself. Listen, get what? away from me. I will. I'm get away from my vehicle right now. What's wrong with your vehicle? I'm. You're really working my last nerve, and you're pushing it to the fucking. I don't edge. want to do that. Get the fuck away from me. Imagine <laughs> how much, how better your nerves would feel if you just took your card back. This guy like, gets like on the brink of so violence and, relax. and then stops. Yeah. He pulls it back. He's good. He's good. Uh -oh. it, it, it almost What's feels like on? it wouldn't be real. Now so he, he thinks he might be here. pulling a gun. Yes, on him. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, he's got a cigarette. Okay. Another cigarette. He's, pulled, something. he's pulled another cigarette. Those are croissants. They're just delicious, not deadly. <laughs> <laughs> Will you take your card back, sir? <laughs> or you can just take your card back, and this would all be over. But, sir. <laughs> Do you do this when your mom asked you to clean up your room? Did you say, get the F away from me? Or did you do what you were asked of nicely? Did you lock your door? Thank you. Oh, God, he locked himself out of the car. This guy should have just left Again, many minutes ago. Yeah, so so we can, I think we've, we've reached the climax. And my favorite thing about this, though, is absolutely this dude, the guy, Agent Sebastian, that's the guy who does it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, there's a point where you're like, he should have moved on. Yeah. But he's not a cart return guy. <laughs> this is what he's here for is yeah. to create content like this and it's like it's pretty it, good content yeah it's it's like the perfect uh like fuck you to people who don't return their cards yeah i uh I, we all agree that like this was particularly egregious i mean usually when people don't return their cards it's like they'll do the thing where they stick it between like the two fronts of two cars parked right sure. like that's a pretty common place to leave it this guy left his cart in an entirely empty parking space, pretty good parking space too, right next to his car. So yeah. now no one can park there, and this thing is apt to run away. Yes. And so that's he talks a lot about this, about how the the he was trying to get to it, and the guy just kept telling him to fuck off. But like, he's mad about the magnet, but his cart could go hit someone else's car, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I feel like leaving your cart out is like it's the lowest common denominator to be able to tell if you are a good person or not. Like if you are inherently a good person, now everybody, like everybody's threshold for what a good person is changes, right? There are sure. some people who think I didn't kill anybody, I'm a good person, yeah. and then there's other people who are like, in order to be a good person, you got to put your cart back. Right? There's a there's a there's a there's a vast void there, but uh, if you just can't put your cart back, you might not be a good person, no matter yeah. what you're doing in the world. I think it's a it's a tell, as we as we said. Yes, on the, it is a tell. Uh, my daughter, we went to Costco the other day. And I was, uh, there was a, I was putting groceries in and I said loudly, um, not on purpose, but it turns out to be prophetic. Uh, <laughs> I go, we have to put the cart back because you always have to put your cart back. No matter what, you have to put your cart back. So I put her in, I uh, fill the car with groceries and then we take the cart back to the thing and we come back and the man next to us is putting his card on the curb and she goes why did he not put his card away and i go you know this is why we do it because other people don't do it and she goes i don't like him and i never want to see him again and i was like <laughs> oh that's awesome and then we're driving back from costco and we go under an underpass and there's like a homeless encampment oh yes yes and she you, sees, you, i've heard this story yeah and it's a good story <laughs> and she sees a bunch of people with carts tents all that stuff and she goes they are bad shoppers or something like that. <laughs> they all left their cars. Yeah, those out. are the worst shoppers. That made me laugh so hard. Um, 
Okay, so we can get into some sports, I suppose. I guess we can. We can. Uh, I've I've been wanting to talk about cart narcs with you for a while. It's a good. It's good. It. Uh, it's good. Con- I'm glad we're on the same page about the carts. I yes. know people who are not, and uh, I mean, there's no look excuse. In, look inside yourself. Look inside. And become yourself. a better person. You don't. You can't change the past, but you can change tomorrow. You could change that moment when you're going to leave your cart out. Yeah, and the the agent Sebastian of the cart narcs talks a lot about it. Like people will say, "Oh, I'm." That's that person's job. It is, but it's like it's like you you don't shit on the you don't rub your shit on the wall of a bathroom because there's it's somebody's job to clean the right. bathroom, right? right? It's like if if everyone if everyone puts their cart in the cart corral, that person's job still exists. Yeah. Right. It's not going away because everything's put back where it's supposed to. Right. Now his job just takes a lot longer or uh, it becomes more dangerous because he has to cross through all this traffic and all right. that. Right. It's the job justification is the weirdest one. The real issue is that your cart is prone to rolling into someone else's car, fucking up their car, yeah. or fucking up traffic, or something really annoying. That's the real issue. You just don't want to admit that. Yes. It's well. I mean, it's yeah. It's straight up laziness. That's all it is. The deal. It is. And look at us. We're too lazy. Yes. Motherfuckers. I'm principled though. That's what. <laughs> and that's what it is. It's, it's just true. having principles. It's true. I'm. I'm fucking fat and I sit and watch TV, but I put my cart back because I don't want to be an asshole to other people. This, all of this affects me and my <laughs> wife when she has to see me naked. Okay. <laughs> and probably my daughter. You sacrificed going to the gym to put your cart. That's back. right. I could have been working out for years and instead I've been taking my cart back to the, <laughs> to the corral. Um, I want to blast through a couple of these topics because I don't really give a shit about him anymore. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers wants to play for the Jets. He came out of a fucking darkness retreat. and who He wants to shit? enter another darkness retreat by going to play for the Jets, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Good for him. You know, if that's really what you want to do. The Jets, it seems like there's no negotiation here. There's only yeah. one team that wants him. He's pulling a Griffey. Yeah, I mean, there's only one team that wants him, and like I don't even think the Packers really want him anymore. He's become... More trouble than he's worth. Yeah. If he was 25 years old, everybody would want him. But he's older now. He's definitely lost a step. And then on top of that, he's become more of a headache he had, off the field. He did have a very good year last year. He did. And a very yeah. good year the year before that. I didn't realize that he had won four straight MVPs yeah, at a point. He's had, uh, he's had some prolific seasons. Like yeah. he, even though he hasn't won a ton of championships or anything like that, it's – He's very prolific. He, yeah, he, and he's efficient. I mean, he's still a really good passer. He yeah. can still like the for the Jets. It's like a perfect fit. It's like it's low risk for the most part because he's older. You're not giving yeah. him like a otherworldly contract, and he might be the guy that helps get you to the playoffs and gets you over the hump of this stigma that's kind yeah. of followed the Jets around for so long now. He's also it is very funny because by going to the Jets, it's just he's doing. He's like literally stepping into the vacated footsteps of Brett Favre. He's doing everything. Yeah, and by the, the way, yeah. Kurt Cousins is a free agent at the end of this, the year. So he can go be a Viking now. He can go be a Viking for a couple and years. Somewhere in the middle, he sends pictures of his penis to, to people Jen, who don't want to see Whoever the new Jen Sturger is. God, Jen Sturger. I forgot her name until yeah. we just started talking about I this. care about women, Alex, but you tend to not. So. <laughs> um, another one, Scotty Scheffler. Everyone made a big deal about this fucking menu of his. I'll pull it up on the screen real quick because I want to read it, but I, don't, I actually found myself caring less and less about this. So this is for because he won the Masters last year. He gets to pick the menu. Yeah. And it's cheeseburger sliders, firecracker shrimp, tortilla soup, Texas ribeye, or blackened redfish, 
and then a skillet chocolate chip cookie. This is like, <laughs> I feel like this belongs at a dog shit di- Like, this belongs at a place where one of Tiger Woods' sexual rendezvous would have occurred. It's Yeah, it's like an elevated Applebee's menu. Is yeah. really what it is. Yes, like you get three for nineteen ninety nine. If they give, if they <laughs> are giving out fucking rum buckets at this thing, <laughs> it's over. Are you a caffeine guy, by the way? Do you drink caffeine? I don't drink coffee, but I okay. drink like diet soda is my source of caffeine. Do I you, used back in the day. I used to uh, drink energy drinks, and gotcha. then I had some heart issues. <laughs> Did you at a young age? Yeah. Like what? Were I the have heart an issues? enlarged heart, as it turns out. I I, I love too much. Oh wow! <laughs> no, I actually do have an enlarged heart, but it was. Well, and you I, discovered I, this from energy drink consumption? No, I just kind of was like, it's probably not a good idea to gotcha. keep pounding okay. that much caffeine when I have these pre-existing issues, and now gotcha. they flared up. So, so they, they didn't cause or exacerbate no, them. No, you just no. that was the part of the decision. It was just one of the decisions I made, and probably a good one. So my only source of caffeine typically is like a diet coke. Scotty Scheffler said that he drinks coffee at home, but does not drink coffee during tournament weekends, which I found interesting. I imagine it's like a... That seems like it would be hard to turn on and off. You know, somebody who drinks... Like, I I do have, like, a soda every day, like, diet soda every day. Oh, really? So, like, I... I, In the morning? No, just, like, at different times of day. Uh, I mean, sometimes, yes, in the morning. But but because it's my only source of caffeine, it's like, when you have caffeine going, to just shut it down all at once, that can be tough to do. Yeah, so apparently what he says is... It gives him like, like playing in a competition, gives him adrenaline. And he doesn't need coffee. Which I, by the way, like I am uh, before. You may not know this, folks, but when I when I go on stage, I usually have consumed a caffeinated beverage very close to going on stage, and I sometimes to my detriment after the show because I'm usually like pretty keyed up from f- performing. Yeah, and then also I have the caffeine to like keep me up there. Yeah, they say you're not supposed to drink caffeine after about three o'clock. If you want to like get a good night's sleep. Yeah. And so on comedy nights, I drink it at about uh, 10 at night. Yeah. (laughs) I'll drink a full Red Bull. Dude, if I, if I did that at that time, I would not sleep. You would think so. And I would not sleep. Oh my God. This is the problem with (laughs) ESPN.com. They just autoplay the videos. It's, it's a fucking ad out of nowhere. I've sometimes I'll be like, (laughs) what the fuck? I'm like, is there a phantom on my computer? (laughs) Fuck you ESPN. And then. John Morant got suspended for eight games. I think he came back today, actually. Let's see. He probably did. Let's see what his uh, – I saw he was going to come off the bench. I'm, like, done with the John Morant story, I think. he's He returns. He scores 17 off the bench. There it is. There it is, the right on the front page. of ESPN. Um, yeah, at this point, it's like, I don't know. You didn't resolve all your issues in, like, two weeks sure. of counseling or whatever you were doing. So. I did I did start watching some stuff that makes me a little more concerned about what his future is going to hold. But I, I still think in this incident, I, I don't know what rule he broke. No, I would agree he didn't break any rules sure uh it's the like we talked about a few weeks back he you know him or the team or whoever concocted his plan for redemption kind of co-opted mental illness to you know poo poo what seemed to be like a young kid being stupid you know like and that then you know maybe there is something more serious there that we don't know about but well if you if you dig in a little bit yeah the incident like the other incidents are like the one where the kid is at his house is a thing. He he did an interview with Jalen Rose that was like the most just fucking handed over questions. Like yeah. like he gave like they the gave Jalen Rose yeah. the questions to ask. Yeah, 
Um, he wasn't trying to get a scoop or any fucking, it wasn't journalism. I would go so far as to say it wasn't even journalism. Uh, but he explained a couple of those incidents as like, I was trying to protect my mom. I was trying to protect my sister and I have some respect for that. Uh, if that's, I mean, we don't know if that's true or not, but sure. Uh, the, the, the situation that you're describing at his house where he pulled the gun on that kid who was playing basketball with him that's i mean that was really hard to know like yeah <laughs> who's really at fault there it could have been well supposedly totally the kid hit him etc yeah it, the, it sounded like the, it, that could have gone either way the one did you hear about the one where he uh got in an altercation his like crew got in an altercation with the like staff at the indiana pacers facility or maybe with the staff the Indiana Pacers staff at the Memphis facility. That makes a little more sense, actually. Yeah. I don't remember which direction. And then later, he, a like SUV drove by slowly. The staff says there was someone pointing a gun with a red dot, and that person was John Morant. Wow. And <laughs> that, to me, is a level of menacing that we're, gets We're into, getting into Aaron Hernandez territory yeah, at that's, that point. That's scarier. And then I think, like, He's got, unfortunately, I think some like family history of his family has, and I don't want to indict the guy on his family's history, but you're like, fuck, it's like, it's so much harder to get rid of family than friends. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. No, I, it's, there, there should be like real concern just because he's such a young dude, Yeah. you know, like he's still got not just his career ahead of him, but his entire life ahead of him. Yeah. So you just hope that whatever it is and however they choose to handle it, that it works out for the best for him. But I mean, those types of situations can be really tough. If his off court life is constantly consumed by people that are potentially yeah. going to lead him into trouble, or maybe he's the ringleader that's going to get sure these people into well, trouble. He's certainly the financier. I'm sure. I'm sure. He's definitely the one with the financial backing, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it. I feel like we repeat this cycle every few years with with athletes here and there. You know, yeah. like Aaron Hernandez is obviously like the poster child for how this sort of thing can get out of hand because yeah. we put athletes on a pedestal and we let them get away with so many things. And only after the story unravels do you like see all the places that this could have been prevented and nobody stepped up to prevent it. So hopefully, what's happening now? I mean, it doesn't seem like a two week break from a basketball season coming back and being, you know, lauded just for coming back and scoring 17 points off the bench and your return right. is going to teach somebody at that age, many lessons, but you know, we could be wrong about that, I guess. I know. The, well, I think the other thing you worry about, and this is kind of relates to the Aaron Rodgers thing also is, uh, we don't, we only know what we know. We don't mm -hmm. know what we don't know. And there's yeah. presumably if, if this amount of information has gotten to the public, it's not crazy to imagine there's stuff that's being, uh, you know, spun or covered up uh, by the league or by the team or by John Moran himself or yeah. his his friends and family. Yeah, it's it's un it's really okay. It's unfair to say Aaron Hernandez's name in conjunction sure. with John Moran. Like that's. Very no, I mean, obviously I, that's the nightmare, though. Right, right. That's the nightmare scenario that can occur. It's totally yeah. not fair to put what has happened with John Morant up to this point in any sort of context like that. But, yeah, I mean, it is it – is, um, It's these are very difficult situations. And like what you just said, I mean, this happens a lot in sports where the team 
or, you know, the people who represent a certain player will do whatever they can to spin a story in a more positive light. And we're seeing a lot of negativity from this story, which yeah. and you know that's already been tailored to some degree by the people around John Moran. Yeah. So the reality of the story itself is probably anywhere from slightly to much worse. Yeah. Right. Like that's exactly because anytime you hear anything bad about a player, that's the that's the final draft. The yeah. rough, the rough draft is usually a little rougher. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, I was. Uh, I got an alert that somebody something was happening at my porch, and it was just a beach ball blowing across the camera. <laughs> so these cameras don't work perfectly. Well, the weather changes. And That's then true. These things happen. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I basically agree with you, especially like to have nobody coming out in favor of John Morant, like saying like, why is he suspended for to have an out like Gilbert Arenas, who by the way is the guy. Yeah, Who if anyone knows about, about guns in the NBA, it's yeah. Over and I watched a, a little bit. I mean, it was too boring to put on here, but I watched a little bit of what he had to say. And yeah, like Gilbert Arenas, man, was like on the verge of a Hall of Fame career, and now we know him as that the guy who pulled a gun in the locker room. Yeah, yeah on over Javaris a Crittenden. Yeah, over. Who, a by the way, was like a guy that I, there's. I have occasionally these guys that I will. When did Javaris Crittenden get drafted? What I think he's like a 15th pick is my guess. Which in the NBA is not a surefire contributor. No, you got to be lottery to be yeah. surefire. He was what? 19th pick. And he was a guy that I was like a 6'5 point guard that could shoot the ball. Yeah. Out of, what was he out of Georgia Tech? Is that right? Yeah, Georgia, Georgia Tech. Tech. What happened to Javaris? Click on what happened to Javaris Crittenden. Well, he was involved in. Didn't, is oh, he, did, he went to. Didn't he get into some trouble after playing too? Oh, maybe, yeah. Beyond, he, beyond the so Gilbert he, Arenas stuff. Because, yeah, he, so the, the story is him and Gilbert Arenas got in an argument over, oh, shit, he got yeah, charged, he charged with, with murder, murder. In 2011. So it didn't get better. Yeah. God damn. And so he's, he's, he was convicted of voluntary fuck. manslaughter. So he's 23 years in prison. He's not going to be released until 2036. Yeah, so this is like what we're not talking great. about. This is the nightmare, right? So he, he gets caught for that in 2011. 11. The shit with... Arenas happens what in 2009 so like that that's like that was a serious situation yeah and it's why I believe this is why the uh why the rule is no guns in the team facility is like because of this yeah I mean this was this was a big issue when it happened back yeah in 2009 everyone knew about this story at the time and yeah. uh yeah it's uh I mean <laughs> It, it seems like everything they do to try to prevent these things are like it's very minimal window dressing. Like, sure. Memphis is now. Did you see the story about they're not going to stay overnight in the cities in which they play on the road? They're going to no. bail that night. They're going to bail that. So they play a game. The game gets done at 10 o'clock or whatever. Oh, they God. are getting on the plane that night. They are not staying overnight because they don't want this strip club incident to happen again, right? So oh, my gonna, God. It, and think about how brutal that is on the play. It, you know, it's always, anytime you're on a team, it's one guy gets you in trouble and everyone pays, sure. right? This is like an extreme example of that because now you're talking about, there. I'm sure there were guys that did what John Morant did and they went to the strip club after a game and stayed there until sunrise. But there are probably other guys on the team that just got a meal and went to bed. Yeah. And now they're sleeping on a plane. Right. That sucks. No one's going to want to go play for I don't think it'll probably persist past this year because it will hurt them with free agents, right? Like, right. who would want to go play in that situation willingly? Uh, so I think it'll probably be short-lived, but it's just such an overreaction to... But it's also like you, to call it window dressing, I think is correct. It's like when you're like, um, 
like if you were like, well, I'm going to cut out uh, cereal. I'm going to lose weight because I'm going to cut out cereal. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. they eat like three bowls of cereal a month. Like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Yeah, it's like when you want to. Yeah, it's when you want to take the shortcut to doing whatever to improve your life, and you cut out. You want to solve a major problem with a minor minor solution adjustment. Yeah, yeah. minor minor solution. That's exactly what that is. It's like, yeah. yeah, I guess it theoretically what they're doing by bailing that night after a game will work. But everyone's going to be pissed about it. But they're it. not going to be, they're not just going to fucking circle the plane around the airport until the next game. Like, he's going to be in a city that's got a strip club, whether that's Memphis. <laughs> now, now he's or... doing morning strip clubs. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I, I mean, sleep like, on the plane, I get to the next city, I go see the junior varsity at the strip club. But I guess, like, that's the thing. Like, they land in Memphis or they land in fucking Houston or whatever. Like, are they going to fly now back to Memphis and then back to the place? I don't know what NBA travel schedules are like if they're doing back home all the time yeah i don't i don't know i that's uh yeah because they're not a lot of times they're not playing back to backs right so you would have a gap on the road so yeah what do you do in those situations right they yeah, go to they just fight a youth so now he just has safest a day place, off in houston safest place they can go yeah. our, our our home base now is utah we go there between each game <laughs> that's the <laughs> no trouble will occur here. it's the safe house is <laughs> is the mormon village of uh, utah all right yeah i mean i, I don't know i just am like it's I like the thing that I worry about is it's going to be it being a potentially sad thing. But right now I look at the dude and I'm like, he didn't break any fucking rules. So it no, sucks. Technically, no. Well, what he's being punished for publicly is not breaking the rules. Of course, there's like there's again, like you said, like we've been talking about, there's potential for something fucking horrible to be behind all this. But and with athletes like this, it it if it goes horribly. It, it doesn't stop until that happens right? yeah. because we we're all, there's always going to be a group of people giving a superstar athlete, the benefit of the doubt. And That's athletes just how are we, beings of inertia too, where it's like, you don't get to be the greatest athlete in your fucking home city by not trying hard to get really good at that thing and dedicating yourself to that thing. And we've seen a lot of guys who like post sports or outside of sports that get competitive with like gambling and fucking oh i mean i I think that you know when you when people talk sports that have never played in any capacity the one thing that i think a lot of times they miss about the humanization of especially pro athletes is how intense of a person you have to be to get to that level of your profession yeah you have to be incredibly intense and dedicated even the laziest athlete at the pro level is a much more intense person than any of us. Yeah, absolutely. So, and that intensity doesn't just stop when you stop playing a game. That's why cases. Kyrie Irving can put on eighty <laughs> pounds of old man makeup and fucking still whoop your ass on a basketball. And that's why court, he's right? so passionate about the Earth not being round. Yeah, of course, because he dresses <laughs> up like a guy who was from before <laughs> the Earth was round. Uh, okay, so the World Baseball Classic happened. You poo pooed it. You hate it. You, but you wanted to say something about it. Let's I don't. I don't. I don't hate it. I, I. I was really kind of surprised over the past couple of weeks how it became such a divisive issue. Sure. On social media, among sports fans, it became like, like it's like baseball fans became like soccer fans overnight, right? Like you had to be in one of two camps. You either hated the World Baseball Classic and the other side uh, villainized you for it, right? Or you were very, you were so pro World Baseball Classic that you would not shut up about it for yeah. two weeks. And I think most of us probably live somewhere in the middle. Like I watched the games when they are on, but I wasn't out there like tooting my horn about it you know? yeah i felt so first off this is embarrassing i didn't watch a single game i wanted to watch the uh the championship but yeah. i had a dentist appointment at the beginning of it 
And then I forgot that it was on. And then I get the fucking <laughs> the notification that uh, Shohei Otani strikes out Mike Trout. Mike Trout to end the game. Yeah. Which is the perfect storybook ending. Yeah, it's it's what you want to see. I mean, it's as close to like, you know, a heavyweight fight that you could get in baseball. Do we want to watch two- it? Do you want to watch it? We can talk about we don't it. Have to, we don't have to. We don't. Okay, I mean, fine. If you want we don't to, have to, you want to we could. I I, uh, I kind of watched it from afar. I was at the yeah. hockey game, so I could see it on a TV in yeah, one of the suites, yeah, yeah. and we were all kind of like focused on it. Uh, so I didn't hear it as it was going on, okay. but you could kind of see what was happening. So six straight fastballs from Otani, a bunch of them over 100 miles an yeah. hour. That's the one thing in baseball, I think, that is still like there's some nobility to it. Like if you are – it's like Rick Vaughn in Major League, right? Like I'm just going to throw my heater at this yeah. guy. He knows it's coming. I know it's coming. Everybody in the stadium knows it's coming. We're just going to see if he can hit it. Yeah. It's but a he's, ballsy move. And also he's the best player in the game. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's like – not officially the best, but over the past 10 years, he's been easily the best player in baseball. They're teammates. Uh, yeah, he throws 100-mile-an-hour fastballs. The two that he swung and missed on, I think were basically down the middle of the plate. I watched it on my phone. Yeah, I saw Trout's first two at-bats in that game, and he struck out, I think, both times. Oh, and they, okay. weren't, they weren't great at-bats, so I don't know. Maybe he was just having an off night or something. Um, but so then, Otani, but also you can't take anything away from Otani in that situation. He was and on amazing. three two throws a slider. Yeah. And by the way, three two two outs, nobody on base throws a slider, so you walk him, whatever. But still, a three two slider is like what a fucking brilliant pitch. Ballsy. Yeah. Balls. It's, it always takes guts to throw anything other than a fastball in a three two yeah. situation. But when you're facing arguably the best hitter in baseball, I mean. You got to do those sorts of things. And I, I kept seeing how, like, that they were breaking records. Where there's more attendance, there's more whatever, and it's like, yeah, I mean, but, the like, a bunch of it's in the U.S., so the fucking stadiums are bigger. The It, it does it matters more to the other countries, it feels like, absolutely. for sure. The attendance in those countries, when they had games in Japan, I mean, they were sold out, and I'm sure everybody was watching at home that wasn't there, right? Yeah. I mean, the TV numbers in other countries were very good. In America, it's still kind of one of those things that it's like we still look at baseball through the lens of Major League Baseball first and yeah. foremost. And I don't think that's going to change. I mean, I think even if you really like the World Baseball Classic, you're still going to be more concerned about your Major League Baseball team, assuming you have one in your city, than you will be about the United States baseball team. Yeah, I think you'd be like more angry that Mike Trout, if Mike Trout got injured, you'd be more angry about that than you'd feel some swell of pride that the United States won. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, the point I really just wanted to make about this, it just seemed like it was such a divisive two weeks among baseball fans. Here we are. We're talking about that one at bat as, you know, big fans of baseball. But the people that were so pro world baseball classic for the past two weeks would we would not measure up to their standards. You know, like that's kind of how it felt like It, it really felt like. The type of gatekeeping that you see with a lot of soccer fans, yeah, you know, and and that's I feel like that's rare for baseball. Maybe that's a maybe that's a good thing, you know. In some ways, maybe it means that the people that have always carried the torch for baseball are more passionate than ever about the game, and maybe that's a good sign for the game. Yeah, I think it's not to bring it political for the first time. We hadn't gotten there at all this episode, but we're <laughs> and we're a, a day away from your president being arrested potentially, so it's. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I, I can't. I don't know how you're holding it together, but yeah, my, the uh, the uh, <laughs> there's gonna be somebody who listens to this that has no idea about me, and they're like, "Fuck that guy." Yeah, wow. Well, that 
uh, Walmart Burt Kreischer. Uh, <laughs> so there's a thing about that that I think um, I've noticed. I had a joke where I said that uh, I think that we've replaced – it's like – this is also a controversial thing. I, In my opinion, we've replaced racism with sports fandom in this country a lot. We used to be like, I don't like that guy because of the color of his skin, and now wow. we're like, I don't like that guy because of the color of his jersey. And but we like you say these horrible things about you're like fuck 49ers fans they're it's like the same people bring the same vitriol yeah. of hatred towards yeah. those people and the, and, by and the way the, and I will say that I, I I get the point you're trying to make obviously racism is still a very big issue we're not trying to minimize that but the veiled undertones of whatever you feel yeah. about certain groups of people makes its way into your commentary about other team sports fans right yeah I but I also like the the blatant we it's really rare to see like outward angry blatant racism in the real world. Yeah, it's often more subtle. And yes. it, that didn't used to be the case. And by the way, like there's a bunch of fucking angry white folks at this right now talking like there white people wanted me white oh man. I'm a white liberal, okay? But white liberals want this to be <laughs> have the to fucking clarify. They want this to be the 1960s and fucking Selma so fucking bad. And it's so much, we're so much better than we were back then. It, there's still a lot of problems to solve. Don't get me wrong. But there's more, there's more exposure to the problems we have now than we ever had in the past sure. because of the internet. Because but my, of my point media. is like that shit, the fucking Jerry Jones fighting, protesting integration at a school now is you at a hockey game drinking fucking half price beers, screaming that Portland sucks or whatever. You I've know always what I mean? seen myself in that light. Yeah, so you that. are. You're the new Jerry Jones uh, of racism. Uh, <laughs> but my point is, is that <clears throat> I'm also an atheist, but I feel like a thing that's happened is as we become more atheist as a country, we've like, I'm atheist because I don't like missionaries and I don't like uh, proselytizing. And I, and I don't believe in all the shit too, but the thing that turns me off of religion is the, the missionary aspect and the thing that we do where right. it's pushing, like, pushing your values onto other people, whether exactly. they want to hear them or not. Exactly. And yeah. I, and, I, and I'm at a point in my life where like, I'm, we talked about this on the last episode, but I got a fucking literal picket fence. I got, I mean, I have yeah. two kids, a dog, a cat, a wife, a fucking, you know, we, we have a mortgage and a picket fence. Yeah. I'm living a Christian lifestyle. Okay. You're, you're, you're like when green day sold out. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but I no longer funk. That's right. I'm no longer atheist. I'm Christian. Now, uh, <laughs> Whatever, culturally, I actually do say that sometimes that I'm culturally Christian because we celebrate Christmas and stuff. Uh, we're not fucking animals. It's like convenient but, Christianity. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's like like most of America, if we're being honest. I yeah. found out Easter was about Jesus like seven years ago. Okay, <laughs> that's, like, it's not about a rabbit. Yeah, uh, I'm like, oh, that's about the resurrection. That's crazy. I thought the rabbit was resurrected. Um, <laughs> but we've replaced all of that with like this moral like panic over whether or not you're a big enough world baseball classic fan or yeah. you brought it you brought it back to where i yeah that, was i was going. trying to yeah. i was trying to <laughs> I, we took the scenic route but yeah, we got there we, we i mean we did call you the jerry jones of racism <laughs> modern racism <laughs> modern jerry jones of racism i feel good about that the one but, minority the way, on this two-person yeah, podcast yeah the one half of a minority on this two-person <laughs> podcast i uh it is it is a little dicey to start dividing out your minority status but i'm willing well, to I, do look, it as a as a half asian person i will say the one thing that really bothers me about people who are half like me whether half of whatever it doesn't matter what sure. your ethnicity is 
there are always those people that will occasionally play the victim and say, I'm not accepted by either side. And it's like, okay, I mean, the, you could also spin that in the other direction like I do and say, I can like last night during the championship, it's Japan versus the U.S. I was wondering. I win <laughs> either way. I win either way. You I was can, wondering so you can definitely if you felt. Sp- yeah, you can spin it in the other direction, too. I can be accepted by both sides. Well, thank you for saying that horribly <laughs> regressive thing so I didn't have to. Uh, yeah, but any, anyway, I think it's we do that with soccer, too. Like, soccer, for sure, they do that, yeah. that stuff. Uh, yeah. And it's also like politics, by the way, or like the new religion. You can't even talk about shit. Like, you can't. I mean, jokes have become some sort of doctrine now. It's no longer funny. It's just like, uh, and and in the same way, like, I just want to like occasionally have conversations about stuff. Yeah. And yeah, like when it's the World Baseball Classic, my like patriotism comes into fucking question. Also, I absolutely <laughs> would rather have my, I would, uh, Drew Smiley, I'd rather he pitched for the Mariners than fucking yeah. Team USA. I mean, that's you know? for, a, if you're like a hardcore Mariners fan, you'll never forget. Or Drew's if you're a fucking Mets fan. Yeah, you're and, upset about Edwin Diaz. Edwin Diaz, sure. we'll play this real quick because it's, it's just looks so fucking innocuous. Yeah, he gets injured celebrating. I mean, this yeah. is, this is, it's not even like. <laughs> and this is like a, this is like a, it's the fucking pool round. Now, if you really hate Puerto Rico or you really hate the Mets, this is instant karma. Yeah. <laughs> but really, of course, everyone accepts that this is just an unfortunate situation. He's celebrating the team's win and he knocks himself out for the entire year. So he tears. Do, do you remember when this happened against the Mariners once? Kendrys Morales was playing for the yes. Angels. He had a walk-off home run at Safeco Field. He's circling the bases. He gets to home plate. He stomps on home plate emphatically and breaks his leg. Yes. <laughs> That's instant That's karma. how my mom broke her leg, too. She, she hit a home run and fucking walk-off. jumped up and down and landed. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's just like it's so unfortunate. And if I'm a Mets fan, I'm like, well, fuck, I don't care about Team USA in this. It's it, Yeah, it's one of these things because this – incident really sparked i feel like this was the fuel that this was, was the inciting Pe- incident people were already like kind of getting all riled up on whether or not you were watching the world baseball classic right but all the hot takes come out after edwin diaz gets hurt now you have yeah. all the people that are like cancel the world baseball classic it should never be played and that of course sets off the people that are pro world baseball classic and yeah. it's not it's not even really about patriotism like it's not like the people who love the world baseball classic are like draped in the usa flag while they watch they don't really care that much i've seen a lot of the same people that uh spend their free time pointing out the problems in america also being very pro world baseball classic it's not about patriotism it's simply about like they love baseball so much and it's almost like they want to be put on the higher level of fan than everybody else it's right it is to borrow like a cliche term it's virtue signaling it's baseball's answer for virtue signaling it is it's like you it it, in some ways if you are supporting all forms of baseball then you are the best fan yeah and i a lot of the people that do this like i I feel like maybe there's certain people that do this because they have a lot of time they don't have kids they're not married they have the ability like what else are they going to do on a tuesday night besides tune into this baseball game Nobody loves them. Yeah. Yes. They can't. <laughs> Nobody can. I wouldn't. I would never I want mean, to love tough. someone it's like tough. that. It's like, I, dude, I watch. I don't think they deserve love. Yeah. <laughs> That's my opinion is they don't deserve love. They're getting the exact amount of love they deserve. That's it's, what I have to say. I mean, there is, even though that's a funny joke at the same time, <laughs> there is some, it's it's like you choose to do with your time sure. what you want. And in turn, like the relationships you build or don't build as a result of all that are 
you know, based on how you have spent your time. But, yeah. you know, I'm somebody that watches most Mariner games, and I would never expect most people to watch most Mariner sure. games. Because, there's first of all, there's 162 of them. Even if you yeah. love the Mariners, that's impossible to do. Uh, but it's one of those things, like... I just don't understand why we get so up in arms about it. Like if you have kids, you're, you're parenting your kids, you know, you're yeah. running them to practice or putting them to bed and you're just not able to spend that Stop, time being stopping a, a podcast so that they can take a <laughs> shit and then starting <laughs> yeah. back up. It's like, it's when your personality gets all consumed by one thing is when you run into problems. And it's like, it's almost like the world baseball classic became like a vehicle for that type yeah. of person. Yeah. Well, and it's like, I mean, you know, if it wasn't the World Baseball Classic, it would be the World Cup or it would be fucking the Olympics. We've decided that, like, I think you can do it with the World Baseball Classic because we don't have any national pride in it. Yeah. Or there's no underdog thing where we feel like some pride if the U.S. wins. So there's not, like, the the burden of patriotism to, like, create an even bigger fight. Yeah. Because I don't think that people give a shit about the fact that the U.S., I don't think there's like a patriotic. I think they, it's like watching the dream team where you're like, yeah, they're fucking NBA players. Like, of course they're going to win. They should win. <laughs> and in that, I think in that way, there's not like the most patriotic people aren't looking at it like these are the underdogs. We're like, you know, whatever the like the the fucking miracle on ice guys or the the like uh, women's soccer team in '96 or whatever that. The like or the women's gymnastics team, I think the same year. Like, yeah, there was like an underdog element there, and then you feel like this weird swell of patriotism because some fucking ladies in Atlanta, some lady in Atlanta broke her ankle and still did a flip or whatever. The <laughs> Carrie like, Strug, Carrie yeah. Strug. It's an iconic image. Yes, yes. Uh, there's a, there's a couple iconic images in the two examples that I mentioned. One is um, slightly more misogynistic than the other. Uh, Brandy Chastain. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> in um, the sports bar. That was a big deal. It's like it's a now uh, people go to the gym dressed like that. No problem. And at the time it was like it was big freaking deal at the time. I know. I know. And yeah, it's strange. The sports bra is weird because it has become a top. And I think we've all just decided <laughs> that's great. I'm fine with it. There's so many things about feminism. I'm fine with that all. Really it's, not, it's not even our it's not our place to discuss. Wear whatever you want. Uh, I'm I'm. Look, man, most guys who go around with their T-shirts off bother me. If I just walk I around don't. in compression shorts, no one's happy about that. You <laughs> no, know what I mean? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking get through a couple quick. So Roger Goodell got extended. I, I do want to say one thing, and we can make this a longer topic if you want to debate me. Uh, he, got, he got extended, which is not a surprise because it gets decided by the owners. And football has been incredibly profitable for the owners for yeah, years. Yeah, their best run has been with Roger Goodell as right. the commissioner. Yeah. I will say I've never understood Roger Goodell, people hating Roger Goodell, unless you've only watched football during the time when Roger Goodell – because they're like, yeah. he's been maligned because the the concussion thing. And I'm like, the concussion thing was happening in Tagliabue's time and before. Well, people – the reason people don't like Roger Goodell is because they don't understand the role of the commissioner. They see sure. the, the role of the commissioner as like for the people. Oh, and that's no. the exact opposite. He's for the owners. He yeah. He's like the head owner, basically. Yeah. He well, represents you... them. He represents the owners. And if you understand that as his role and you see it through that lens, you can't really get mad at him. He's doing his job. And not only is he doing his job, he's doing his job better than probably any other commissioner that's come before him. Yeah. Well, and also like the, the, when, remember when he came in, and they were, there was the um, co leagues like conduct policy that had not been un introduced under Tagliabue. 
And every time someone would get suspended, they'd be like, oh, this guy fucking fucking Goodell, look what he fucked up. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> these guys just, what happened was is like guys would get in trouble and they'd get like fined with no suspension or. Yeah. It, like was, a, it was an overcorrection from the era that preceded that rule, which right. the era that preceded that rule, if you think about it, in the 90s is guys were showing up in the headlines all the time for getting right. in trouble. And the NFL had really kind of picked up a bad rap and they had yeah. to overcorrect. They had earned it. That. Yeah, it was not. I mean, it's not really fair to the people that were getting in trouble after that rule sure. came along because they were probably being punished more harshly than they should. But people, been people were like, "Oh, cases. Roger Goodell is fucking this up." Like, like the league, these guys are fucking up more under him, and it's like, no, they're just getting suspended more. They're just getting punished more. Yeah, and and I mean, it all it really just comes back to he's doing the bidding of the owners. The thing that makes it weird is that he also becomes the face of the NFL. So he, sure. does, it's weird that a guy who represents the owners also speaks directly to the public, which we should be on opposing sides. You know, like, if you're going to pick a side, yeah. pick the player's side. Well, I don't know if that's true, though. Like, it, it, I understand where you're on the owner's side. We're against the owners when we're, like, buying tickets, paying for a $14 beer or whatever. But I don't know that the fan is always on the owner's side, except or is always on the player's side, except for I do think it's it's weird when people are like – uh. If I'm anybody in that league, I'm not management, right? I'm labor, and labor is the players. Yeah. So it is weird to me when people are like, well, he makes too much money. And then you're like, yeah. so like it's this, the this billionaire should get more of it? Like, it's not Pro, like that money goes yeah. nowhere. Pro athletics is the only, it's the only time where like the average laborer in America is against the other laborers. Right. Because, because they put it in pers perspective of what they make, which... You can't really do. Sure. You know, I, I, and it's the also same. they only get to do the job for three and a half years on average or something like that. Right. Like, I can't compare my salary to like a professional actor, right? Sure. Like, like me and George Clooney, we shouldn't make the same money because, I agree. yeah, we just shouldn't. I agree. Yeah. And, and people look at it through that lens of, okay, I'm making 30 bucks an hour at my labor job and, this other guy who's an NFL player is getting paid $30 million a year. That's unfair to me. And it's like, right. well, it's all about there's a lot of different economic things sure. that you could look sure. at that say this person is justified being paid what they are. And then on top of that, the company that he works for, which in this case is the NFL team that he plays for, is still making a ton of money, an inordinate yeah. amount of money compared to the salaries of the players that they're paying. The other thing that annoys me, though, is when people are like, I'm like, well, I don't. I feel like that contract's too big, and they're like, well, it's not my money, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, the, I'm I mean, the guy who says it's not my money. Oh, I'm like, you? spend as much as you want, but I they can't. That's the I, thing. I do. I'll, I'll say I do it with baseball. With the NFL, it's different. I agree okay. with the NFL because you have a salary cap. You yes. sure? Totally different with the NFL. With baseball, I'm like, hey, no excuse. Be yeah. the Yankees. Yeah, Be I mean, Yankees. you 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 won't sustain a franchise like that. They'll have to sell all the time. They would have moved in the '90s, yeah. but I mean. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, listen, I'm I'm like, in baseball, it's a little different. But, yeah, like, people do that, and they're like, you know, whoever got paid too much. Geno Smith got paid too much, and it's not my money. It's like, well, it kind of is your money. If you're consuming the product, it is your contribution. It's true. And also, yeah, it's also like they're never going to not – what I want more than anything is, though I want Geno Smith to get paid because I, I'm a human being and so is he, I'd like him to get compensated fairly for his job – I want the Seahawks to win the Super Bowl. And so if that means that Geno Smith gets underpaid by the Seahawks, though I understand there's a moral conflict, I'm okay with it. I want the Seahawks. He's not getting fucking, he's not being left in the streets. 
Either way, right? <laughs> he can feed his family. He's not yeah. Latrell Sprewell. <laughs> right. It's 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 so like I in that way I'm like I don't know if that's really the owner as much as it is like that's just the team trying to be good. Yeah, it's 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 complicated with any sport because you have so many different sides. You have the player side, uh you have like the, the front office that operates separately from the owner theoretically and then you have the owner. And so there's all different places where your anger can go. And sure. it's really hard to know. And they're all kind of pitted against each other in different ways. It's really hard to know exactly where to take that venom when your team sucks. Yeah. Well, <laughs> also, like, we've learned a lot about Russell Wilson the last couple, the last year and, a, and a, from a lot of former players, right? And yeah. I, there's been this kind of, like, prevailing thing that guys are like, well, you should have kept the defense together. And it's like, you know what would have kept the defense together? If the defense wasn't asking for 70% of the fucking salary cap. Because you guys all played so good that they couldn't afford you anymore. Yeah. And that's like, yes, let fucking Malcolm Smith walk. Let whoever, I mean, let these guys go because like they, they're no longer, it's not viable to keep them anymore. Yeah. And, and well, that's, that's what makes the NFL so unique with the salary cap is that it's a, it's a hard salary cap that, you know, like baseball and basketball, they have these numbers that you shouldn't exceed. But if you exceed them, you just pay a penalty, yeah. basically. The NFL doesn't let you NBA do. is a little restrictive on free agency. Yeah, it's a little bit more restrictive. But you MLB is, your own players the, MLB really is the wild, wild west, as the yeah. New York Mets can tell you. Their owner is just paying the penalties yes. all over the place. Same with the Dodgers. Yeah, no, I mean, so in baseball, you can basically do whatever you want as far as spending money. Basketball, a little bit more restrictive. NFL, very restrictive by comparison. And if you are, like, pro-labor, then the, you should be just against the NFL's model as a whole because the salary cap is limiting how much these people can make regardless of what and the contracts aren't guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, like, and it's it's funny in a lot of ways because when you think of, like, the consummate NFL fan, they are usually kind of on, like, a blue-collar labor type, right? Sure. And that's the person supporting this thing that really goes against everything yeah. they should stand well, for in if real the life. Owner, if the owner had to go out and fucking be on the field and be visible all the time. Yeah. The visible representation of the team. I think we, but you don't like, we do want people to blame and we see Richard Sherman more than we see Paul, yeah. well, Paul Allen. We haven't seen in a couple of years, but the, the a, a typical, <laughs> <Jesus. laughs> okay, Jody Allen. <laughs> yeah. Jody Allen. Uh, we don't see Jody Allen as much. And that's like, you know, we don't see Jerry Jones as much as we see Dak Prescott. And that's probably not even true. Because Jerry Jones yeah, is Jerry a fucking Jones narcissist. Yeah, Jerry Jones is ubiquitous, but, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I think we basically agree <laughs> on that. And I'm not surprised Roger Goodell's extended, and I think he's probably going to have that job until, until he, he doesn't want it anymore. Yeah, I mean, he'll have that for as long as he wants because he's doing exactly what the owners want. Yeah. And he's making them a ton of money. Antoine Davis is a uh, played for De University of Detroit, <laughs> Detroit University, came four points shy of breaking Pete Maravich's college scoring record uh played on a dog shit team this year didn't make any of the any of the postseason tournaments yeah uh i so i like seeing records broken yeah but it's this is a weird one because it's like not a good player not on a good not like a he's not a known player, player. yeah right. pete maravich is iconic by contrast but there's some controversy around this because they could have got some they could have got an invitation to the cbi which is like the third or fourth best postseason right. basketball tournament and like something happened where people like requested that they not invite them so he couldn't break the record or something like that or at least that's what he's alleging i i think there was like 
people were unsending unsolicited emails asking for him to be there and also asking for him not to be there. Yeah, they wanted to preserve Maravich's record. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously Maravich can't weigh in because he's not living He's hanging anymore. out with Paul Allen. Uh, <laughs> I, I think... Th- <laughs> he got, by the way, I did hear a thing uh, on a podcast that with a, two comics having like a serious conversation, and there's a thing about comedy that makes you like I am gonna explore some darker parts of these things. No, I do the same you. thing, man. I'm 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 a very dark humor type. Yeah. So I well, you totally, did laugh at it. You just laughed yeah, at it. I always laugh at it. I I th- I'm thinking it. I just don't say it. Yeah. I don't, I'm not burdened by that, that, by that, that restraint. Polish. I have the polish <laughs> as the Walmart Burt Kreischer of this podcast. <laughs> uh, anyways, I don't really care. Their team record sucked. They were like, like 12 and 19. They were I like think. three or four games. They were, yeah, they were a few games under 500. And they weren't good enough to probably be in one yeah. of these tournaments anyway. But see, there's it, so many of these freaking tournaments now that like anyone could probably get in. And maybe, yeah. look, for all we know, Antoine Davis is going to go into the NBA. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of curious about. Yeah. Does he have any NBA potential? Oh, who knows? Yeah. I mean, he's 6'1", so he's probably not, like, highly projected. And he's a senior. Usually those... That's bad. Well, yeah. that's that's the and, funny thing, too, is, like, the, the in the era of Maravich, everybody played four years. And now this dude is playing four years because right. he's, like, at a small school he's a because tweener. he's not that good. Yeah, yeah. he's just not... Um, I'm assuming they're going to say he should be undrafted. We're looking at a, a draft. Oh my god, this is so this is one of those boring. articles that explains the entire process. This is of like what basketball. You, is. God, when you fucking get a recipe and you're like, yeah, I just yeah. they talk about the process. Yeah. Before I want to make egg them. salad. I got to hear about your grandma. I don't give a fuck about your grandma. Just tell me how also, many eggs to you. I just read the last paragraph. It really comes to no conclusion about him. It's the worst oh, article. Perfect. The worst article. This ever. is like it's early clickbait. days of blogging, where it would be like, <laughs> it would be like. You know, it's really all, we're we're gonna find out. We'll have to wait and see. That's exactly what this article came yeah. to. Does you, this? Does you this fell voice, for the clickbait. I know. Does this <laughs> voice? Do do I have? Is there a Trumpian quality to the raspiness of my voice? I hear I, it. It's sultrier. You could probably do awesome. some sexual voiceovers. Okay. You can be the first one to comment on this article. I'd probably just say "fuck you." Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. I'm, I gotta get. I gotta try to learn how to do a Trump at some point. Um, okay. And then the last thing we want to see a video of. Uh, well, the last thing, meaning it's worth closing This out. thing kind of took off just today. Yeah. It happened today, this morning. We're recording this on a Wednesday. Yeah. It happened this morning. Late, a day late, because uh, Alex had to he had to relapse at a hockey game. <laughs> and I... So this is at WEEI, which is apparently a, a... It's in Boston. It's a radio station in Boston. The Greg Hill Show, it would seem. Boston, look, if you were ever going to draw any conclusion about the city of Boston without a whole lot of knowledge about it and the people that live there. Yeah. What would you draw? I would them? say that they really love beans. Is that not what okay. you, is that <laughs> not the reputation? That's great. We'll keep it there. Uh, Boston has kind of picked up a rep over the last yeah. few years of being a little bit racist. And I, that's obviously that's, a, that's a very rough generalization. Yeah. It's interesting because it has the that, and it also has like the most educated people in the country. It's, it's a, a weird it's space. a very yeah, it's an interesting space. Okay, so, anyways, what we find out after is that these folks are doing a list of their like their favorite airport liquors, which have a name that they're going to say on here, which an, it's a name that is a slur. It's a racial slur for Asians, but it's one that I personally know all the racial slurs. 
You keep them in a list on your phone. I, yeah, I do. I do. I need some. It's like a thesaurus. It's a racism thesaurus. Uh, I, I, I really hate this guy. What should I call him? Uh, I'm aware of like a lot of the racial slurs. I mean, I, I don't know why. I mean, I guess like you watch movies or you fucking read books and you're going to come across some ones. My, my grandpa, I will say, um, fought in, he was in stationed in Okinawa in the Korean war. Mm-hmm. And a lot of men of his generation have a weird, had a weird thing. Some of them are still alive in the same way that I think men of our generation have a bias against Arabic or middle Eastern people. Yeah. It's uh, certainly generational. when yeah. you fight against those people, uh, and especially when you're in like a, a, a country fighting against a country that is very ethnocentric, that is like very ethnically uh, homogenous. Yeah. It becomes very easy to go like the Japanese guys killed my fucking friend. Yeah. It's not a soldier with differing opinions killed my friend. It's the Japanese. Right. Yeah. And so I understand that it's this is one that's like a. It's in a category of racial slur that I call the the Gran Torino racial slurs, yeah. where you're like, this isn't it's this isn't a starting lineup racial slur. Okay, okay. The, the, I will say this as a as a half Japanese. Thank person. you. Finally, <laughs> finally, you let think me, they've let, me, let me. me intervene. But as as an Asian person, if anyone ever pulls a racial slur on you, now I'm saying this as somebody who lives in probably one of the most tolerant places in america we would all agree that the pacific northwest is probably one of the most tolerant places it's got its issues that we could beef about right. at a if, different if, time, if i was living in uh the southeast part of our country i might have a completely different opinion on this right sure it's all geographic but if someone pulls an age or like any sort of racial slur about asians on me they have really done their homework they are really <laughs> racist like if you actually are dropping slurs on on an asian person like are you not you, are you, you not are asian enough racist. to feel comfortable saying one i mean i would never, i, I want you to say one i'm just asking i'm asking what you're i'm not asking you to feels do like it a trap yeah <laughs> uh no i mean i no i i've never really been that type of person to drop any of those words even with friends like i think we all agree like when you're sitting around with your buddies we all say some horrible things yeah everybody does everybody sure. does. if you have friends that you really trust when you talk to them, even the the most, you know, morally high person in the world will say some sure. terrible things. So I don't know like, any of those. But yeah, the, yeah. The, you say things. If you, you trust these people, you'll do that. But I've never said any racial slurs. And I, that's not me being like a minority myself. That's just that's not how I was brought up. And it's sure. not like I would never feel comfortable doing that. Well, but I was pretty tolerant. With exclusively white people. We've <laughs> now learned. <laughs> I'm a pretty tolerant person. But yeah, I mean, man, I've, I think I've had. Racial slurs dropped on me like twice, and both times I was like, "Man, this person must be real racist," because I don't even like look that Asian. So like, yeah. you determined that I was Asian, and then they always get it wrong. It's like they drop a Chinese racial slur on a Japanese sure. person because they just don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I could see we're the I mean, chameleons of minorities, really. Yeah, I, I, uh, you, we're gonna do two things: a uh, domestic light beer taste test and also me trying to pick out the different uh a, it's like a mix and match game of the racial slur to, well. to the people <laughs> i uh i mean I, I i won't say that like i have greg beachler the guy that was on um 
on the fight video that was yeah, the coach. the trainer, yeah. Is a guy that, like, he and I have taken some road trips together, and it's like, I've said some, we have said, by the way, we, he and I both have said some of the most horrific shit to each other. Yeah. Include, not like racial slurs. I'm not calling Greg <laughs> racial slurs. I do have a joke, by the way, where my buddy in Atlanta did tell me that you can, he's like, we're giving you the privilege to use the N word. And I was like, I'm not. No, do you that. do not want to. I'm not doing it. That, yeah, don't, 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 uh, all it takes is one video. I mean, it's this bad. Is pre Just cell phone. Don't yeah. Do I didn't, so I, I didn't, but like, yeah, I mean, I grew up in the nineties listening to hip hop. Like I've definitely sung a fucking racial slur in my life. Whatever <laughs> the, the, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend like I haven't, like you're not copping to it, but, uh, but no. So my, my point, is look I, this is completely off topic <laughs> i used to do we kar- need to go i used to do karaoke this is great every now and then and one of the songs i learned all the lyrics to was juicy by notorious BG. yeah and he drops a lot of racial slurs in that song and i got to the point notorious big is very racist against where, black people yeah he's a known racist uh i got to the point where I could, do, I could do the whole song but i was able to stop myself at each of those words like nice. the blanks so I was very proud of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, <clears throat> I'm like, uh, you know, whatever. I don't. I as I get older, there's like I have less fight in it. I think that um, what I I get annoyed by uh, virtue signaling white liberals most it, of the time. Yeah, I mean that the the terms themselves become the road flare that goes up as to whether someone's racist or not. And sure. It's like there's a lot of people that don't say those words that are very racist. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like that should not be. I mean, that's a sign for sure. But like yeah. our, our instinct is to be like, if we hear that word or any of those words, immediately that person is racist. Like you're, well, you're now you're missing all the people that don't say those words. By yeah. Doing this. No, I, and I, I do remember the first time I ever heard a white person use the N word. And it was like, I mean, outside of like, uh, actually it was probably, I saw the movie Blazing Saddles where I think, <laughs> and I. I, so I have a black uncle. Blazing Saddles. I also have a black uncle. That's funny. Yeah. Wow. That's what. That's yeah. what we're connected on. Is that <laughs> we have the exact same sports fanship, and we have a black uncle. My black uncle, uh, Uncle Lanny, lived with us a lot of summers. That should be the name of this book. My black uncle. Black <laughs> uncle. I don't know if we can get away with that one. Uh, but anyways, my mom. I don't know if she was mad at him or what, but she showed me Blazing Saddles one day. He like left for the day, and she's like, "I'm right. going to show you this movie." I mean, it's a hilarious. Movie it's great. That movie. Could not ever be made today. Yeah, it's unfortunate because it's fucking brilliant. It's so fucking funny. It really Although is, it's like, yeah. can it not be made in the way that like, to a degree, like Tropic Thunder was making the same kind of statement jokes, whatever. Yeah. Uh, not all the way, but, um, but. I remember very distinctly the first time I heard a white person use the N-word, use the N-word, not hard R, hard R and like meant to hurt someone's feelings. Yeah. And I was, I was in uh, elementary school and a, a kid said it. And I remember, cause I, it's like a kid I grew up with and I'm like, oh, you fucking, we all listen to hip hop. Like at that age in my school, every white kid listened to hip hop. Yeah. We worshipped black people in when I was in fifth grade. And so to me, it was like insane to have some sort of like disconnect of like we you you fucking turn on MTV and you're you're like thinking a different thing. You're like watching this yeah, and you're having a yeah. very different experience for me watching this. Um, but so 
we're this is a lot of buildup for this. <laughs> what is now? I'm going to defend this guy. Oh God. Well, that's good because I can definitely take the other side. All right. So begs the question: Top five nips. Uh, oh yes, that's a great one. Because mm. uh, right, oh, Dr. McGillicuddy's, I think, is number one uh, or two. Screwball say, also up uh, there. I'd probably go Mina Kimes and uh, Fireball. Fireball. Okay. Like, I'm not taking it. So I'm not. Yeah, you can stop there. That's yeah. the important part. So very funny, by the way. The the story that comes out about this, Mina Kimes is like a Seattle darling. Yeah, so she she must be from here. I actually no, she she's not from here. She's she just the, loves the. I've I've seen the story from her uh, dad. I think was from here. Gotcha. Okay. And so he was Papa passionate Kimes. about Seattle. Passionate about Seattle sports teams. That's how she got into him. But uh, just to to I know you prefaced this, but that was like five minutes ago. Nips. What they're talking Take about. Take it easy, that, Alex. Oh my god. Oh my god. You're gonna fucking ruin us. Oh my god. <laughs> that's what. These bo- people in Boston call Boston the airplane shot shit. airplane shot liquors. And they apparently, call what you call <laughs> ethnic minorities, Jesus. <laughs> so they're, they're they're throwing this term around talking yeah. about liquor. Yeah, and then this guy drops an Asian person's name yeah. in the middle of it, and you can see the re- you can see look at the, you pause it at the perfect place. If you look at so his partner starts laughing as soon as he says it, and then this guy gets the slyest grin you've ever seen. Like, he knew what he was doing. So but tell the follow-up story, because this is where I think it takes a left turn. So he said what he was trying to say was Mila Kunis and not Mina Kimes. Yeah. And now I'm going to tell you that in conversation, I've mixed up those names multiple times. Sure. Uh, I My genuine opinion is I don't think this dude was trying to make a racist joke. And my opinion is the exact opposite of that. Because in watching the video and just seeing the reaction and then seeing his reaction, the guy who said it, his reaction to his partner's reaction, I mean, you can see it in his eyes. He knew what he was doing. He did not mean me. And also, like, okay, if you said, like... Is there more to this video? It's not... The McGillicuddy, though. But do you like the purple... Yeah, there's not much more. I think this dude realizes... I don't think this dude knows he fucked up yet. In third grade, I was in the spelling bee. I've lost. I took third place. I missed on oceanography. I knew how to spell oceanography. I left out the A in ocean. Uh, I, for fucking years, was like, I never, I spelled it correctly. Yeah. They were wrong. My parents were like, no, we have a video. And they showed me the video, and obviously, I was wrong. I don't think this dude knows he fucked up yet. And I think this dude's going like, I hope nobody's listening right now because yeah. that's fucking crazy. I think, yes, I would agree with you that the partner who is kind of like, he's in some ways an innocent bystander, but also a participant. And he gets hit with the friendly fire of his yeah. partner's comment in some ways. Uh, yeah, that whatever happened there is whatever. But the story afterwards about possibly saying Mila Kunis, like he screwed up Mila Kunis and Mina Kimes. I understand that that's happened to you and that's how you can relate to this person. Well, no, what- I have I have a story of me fucking up on stage, though, that I will tell you. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you on the podcast. I think, in this, I think in this case, that's not, I think he's, I mean, it's, look, it's a bad situation where you're like, I have to choose between being racist and misogynist at this sure. point in my excuse. I'm definitely going to pick misogynist. That won't get me in as much trouble, even yeah. though it'll probably get me in trouble regardless. But look, if if you're making a misogynist joke, then you, you're basically taking that the word nips that they use for liquor and applying it towards, I would assume, nipples. Yeah. I Mila Kunis is not like, okay, if you said Jennifer Aniston, we all have watched Friends. It's like a running joke with Friends for years and years sure. and years. 
Jennifer Aniston's nipples were always poking out, right? Like, mm-hmm. so if you say Jennifer Aniston, then like we could draw that connection logically. There's no connection between Mila Kunis. I do and, think like, that there is. I don't know if it's iconic, but I did do some journalistic research, and there's. I do believe there's a Mila Kunis nip slip video in existence. See, the, but you have to do that. <laughs> That I'm a journalist, <laughs> Alex. I for journalism. For journalism, journalist. I I I. So one, uh, Mina Kimes makes Mila Kunis her profile picture on Twitter. Perfect reaction. Perfect she did. Response. She did exactly like the best possible thing you could do. Yeah. I mean, because no, she's not. She doesn't have to go out and she doesn't have to be publicly outraged. Yeah, she just has the funniest fucking response. And in another possible. another example, like let's assume he was trying to make a racist joke. Once again, you put the wrong racial slur on the wrong ethnicity. He made a slur about Japanese people. Uh, Mina Kimes is, I believe, Korean American. Yeah, is they never get it right. Is again, it's the Grand Torino. Grand Torino. He was just throwing out like a shotgun shell of racial slurs, <laughs> and he was catching. <laughs> Those were Hmong people. I by never, the way. Wa- I never watched the movie, but I know exactly what you're talking about because yeah, I've heard about this. I've heard about this many it's, times. It's it's fucking crazy. I was learning new ones. You, I'm not gonna say it. Do anymore. you think Clint Eastwood was acting, or was that really Clint Eastwood? <laughs> they just put Asian people in front of him, and he just screamed. They, they probably him. didn't even know they were filming a movie. He thought it was like a jackass type thing. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm gonna tell you my story, which is uh, I was hosting this show. Two black comics on the show. That's the most I'll allow. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. See, that's like a joke that's in a similar. It's not. They want these. We're on a podcast. These guys are on an FCC regulated show. Uh, Robert Moore and a guy named Barunji, who's actually going to be the guest on Nobody Likes Casey McClain. The, these podcasts might both come out the same day. Okay. Interesting. Um, Barunji, well, we did this one a day late. So. Yeah, that happens. I don't want to keep the fucking four <laughs> listeners of Nobody Likes Casey McClain waiting because you and I couldn't figure this out. <laughs> uh, anyway, Barunji, when I met him, and for years, he went by Robert Barunji, and then he had this kind of like awakening to Robert's like, by the way, Robert actually was his name. I thought when he changed it, I thought it was like I went to college and there was international students and you'd meet like a rebecca and rebecca is like a chinese international student that doesn't speak a word of english your name isn't fucking rebecca it's fine i don't know it's weird that we have to do that that these people come here and they have to do that yeah it's i'm sure it's like you feel like in some ways you have to assimilate sure and fit in yeah i but i assumed that's what it was and that he changed it because he didn't want to be known by this name that he picked when he came to the united states Turns out what it is, is there's a bunch of Christian and British uh, colonizers in Uganda where he's from. I think it's that. And uh, he got named Robert because that's like what the Ugandan culture has evolved into. And everybody's got basically European names. Yeah. So, uh, but I've always known him as Robert. And then he had like recently changed it. It was like. He wasn't like mad at anyone for calling him, but I was trying to be respectful. I'd call him Barunji no matter what. Um, so his name now is legally is Barunji Barunji. His first name's Barunji, last name is Barunji. 
Uh, I like I like it when the first name you see in college basketball it happens a ton. Sure, Bull Bull, Kwani Kwani is yeah. a guy who plays for Cal right now. Bull Bull, yeah, at Oregon. Bok Bok was probably the best one. Also, a Cal ba- <laughs> Cal basketball seems to get a lot of the the dual name guys. Yeah, Barunji might have been able to play at Cal soccer. I don't think he's still <laughs> he's about five six. Uh, he anyway, I'm doing a show with him and another black dude named Robert Moore. Yeah, and I. Like, there was something where I was, like, bringing them, one of them back to stage. And I go, like, get back up here, Robert. And the crowd only knows him as Barunji. Yeah. And there's a stereotype that white people think black people all look the same. I, I didn't know about that. Did you not know that? No, I knew. Okay, good. <laughs> and so the crowd, I go, Bar- I mean, Robert, I mean, I go, Robert, come back up here. I mean, Barunji. And the crowd all does this math. They're like, oh, he's one of these fucking piece of shit white guys that doesn't know that black people <laughs> well, are different from each other. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and in the moment, I'm like, <clears throat> I'm confused why the crowd's laughing and why they're like kind of pulling back a little bit yeah. too. And so in that moment, like obviously that's a more honest mistake than what's happening here. Cause I, I tend to think he was probably, but it is weird. Cause I do agree. Like nobody's like, Okay, I think what you said. I might actually agree with you now. I I actually think that uh, if that joke was told by a comedian on a podcast, I would laugh at it. But because it's like a Boston sports radio station, that that they they have kind of this. Obviously, I started digging into this a little bit and started reading all the people who know this show. We don't know. Yeah. We're just two guys coming into this because of this. Situation. I just want to make fun of it. That's all. Yeah, I mean, and look, we've been close enough to sports radio. Too, I think know that there is a certain type of person that gravitates sure. towards that industry and there are a lot of good people in that industry but there are a lot of people that might have some undertones to what they're doing and this might be a really good example of that yeah yeah I mean I, I think if this joke got made in like a and I don't I mean I guess I'm not the person I'm not the person to say this Alex you're the person to say it but uh you can just think it to me yeah, maybe I'll pick if, it up if this got made in like a group chat full of friends I don't think nobody's having a serious discussion with the joke teller but I think that, like, again, that's not – it's also, like, there's so many dynamics. Like, if Mina Kimes – I mean, again, it's like if you made that joke about a comedian, comics, there's, like, a dynamic with comics where you expect to be made fun of. Mina Kimes is, like, a respected journalist. Yeah, yeah. She's not out fucking making racial jokes. She doesn't know these guys because I saw, like, there was oh, okay. there was no – she doesn't really have a connection to these sure. people. So it's not like you're poking fun at a friend – and they're gonna be cool with it. Like yeah. we've all, we were all, we've all been in that situation where it's like kind of an inside joke with you and that sure. person you're poking fun at. But the me and the Greg out- Beachler saying horrible shit driving <laughs> yeah. through the mountains yeah. of Idaho. The outside yeah. world might not understand that when they hear it, right? Yeah. In this case, it was like totally out of nowhere. So yeah, it's interesting. It's it again for me. It was just it's amazing that there is video footage of this because I think that adds so much to the context of what's going on. If you just hear it, yeah, you might buy that it was just a slip of the tongue and he meant Mila Kunis or somebody else or whatever he was trying to convey. But for me, it's like watching the video and seeing the reactions. I I agree. There is the possibility that his reaction is like, why is my buddy laughing so, or, you know, laughing at this? And it's, and his laughter is like kind of an uncomfortable laugh. It's not the, it's not like I thought that was hilarious and I'm with you. It was like, yeah, I hope no one's listening to this. right? Yeah. I, so it's also, by the way, I think one thing we shouldn't ignore is that if he met Mila Kunis, that doesn't like absolve him 
it's still no, bad it's, radio. It's, it's, ba- it's bad regardless. It's it's definitely one of those things that like like you said, if it's if that joke is made in the group chat, yeah, no one's having an intervention with that person. But yeah. there it's crickets, most likely, right? It shuts down the group chat for a while. Like no one's gonna respond to There's it. No or Asians they, or they, in my group chat, I guess. We, <laughs> <laughs> they change they change the subject to something else. We'll sure. be like, We'll give you that one free pass and after this yeah, we might not be as close to friends anymore if this keeps up, you know. Well, also, um, I think that is like if that that joke is a little more wild than like it's it's a little more like if that's the actual joke he was trying to make, which there's two ways to analyze this. I think one of them is I I'm still not fully convinced, but let's say it is. I don't even think again like if that's what they said. I agree. I think that joke could be made in the group chat. I do think that specific joke is a little more racist than other. It's and also yeah. oh for sure for yeah. sure because you basically took this term that it the example I go back to is you remember Billy Packer the college basketball analyst he died actually a few weeks ago but one of his most memorable <laughs> incidents and a regrettable one is that, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago during, it was either during the NCAA tournament or just during a big college basketball game of some sort. He was like a CBS analyst, and he dropped the the F word that people would sometimes use to classify homosexual people. Gotcha, okay. The bad one. The Tom really Brenneman, the Tom yeah. Brenneman. Yes, you can, you can say fuck and get away with it, no one really cares. Yeah. But if you drop the other F word, yeah, that's bad. So he he did that, and the cover up, his excuse was that he was referring to what British people call cigarettes. Of course, like we all like do. we all do in, <laughs> yeah. in everyday vernacular yeah. as Americans, right? When am I not was, talking about like British the, cigarettes? Yeah, the excuse is almost just it, it's not as bad, obviously, as the crime, but it's such a dumb yeah. cover up that you're that like, one's how so stu- much more obvious. How a stupid? Lie. Yeah, how stupid yeah. do you think people are? And this one is like, to me, it's not on par with that. It's it's just a notch below, though. It's yeah. not much better. I mean, you're basically saying, hey, I'm not a racist. I'm yeah. just a terribly unfunny misogynist. I it's think like- there's a version of this, like like the uh, Howard Cosell thing, where he's, he says the thing that's like, look at that monkey run. And then the, you can go back and see him saying it about a white player. Yeah. And then there's the fucking uh, Don Imus nappy-headed hose thing. That was yeah, that that's like was, wild, right? Like yeah. that's to me, this is like if this is in fact him making the joke, the Mina Kimes joke. That's Don Imus, not Howard Cosell. Yeah, no, it's it's. Uh, I mean, these are really tough topics to discuss. Like this, these are probably things that most mainstream radio shows will not be talking about tomorrow. But this became a huge story almost right. immediately because of how egregious it could be, and you know. I mean, the one thing I really don't like about these types of situations is that if you're this dude, instead of coming up with this excuse about Mila Kunis, just accept the fact that you fucked up and say, look, whether you whether my intent was there or not and I screwed up a bad joke or whatever, I fucked up. It did I, not land. Just take some accountability. For I what see you what did. you're saying. But like, truly, it's probably the difference between keeping his job and losing his job or losing his job and getting another job in the future and yeah, that's, losing his that's job. That's true. There's and it's like, we, it's the problem is we've made that the consequence. It's like, if you fuck up in this moment, which is like, if it is that, let, let's go down that path where it is that. He did say this thing and it's like a racist joke on a publicly broadcasted radio station over the airwaves. Yeah. FCC regulated. 
I, I'm like, this dude shouldn't never be able to work again, in my opinion. Now, if he gets fired from this job, I think it's like potentially justifiable. And I do think like we don't allow people to fucking correct their behavior. It's, it's, it's like one of those, uh, crisis, um, like the crisis handbook is like, don't fucking apologize because apology is an admission of guilt. And like the only way you're, it sucks. I agree with you, but I also think like our entire society is built around not allowing people to have a graceful, make a graceful apology. And this, we're just going to fucking go for blood until we're done that. Yeah. No, I would agree with you that that is like a real, it's a plague in our society in that, Society wants to be the one that takes you through the redemption tour, right? Like if you fuck up, we want to be the ones to tear you down and take everything away from you. And then we also want to be the ones to help build you back up and watch your rise and watch you. Who do we want to see? Who do they let rise? They don't let anyone rise. Americans love a good comeback story. I don't think that's true anymore. I think they love to see people continue to spiral, and we get the opportunity. That's I think these people the, show up on celebrity rehab, not fucking. I think through the lens of social media, that is true. I think the in real life, people love the redemption sure. story. But but I agree with you. In social media, a lot of times I question like what is the outcome you're looking for? Because there's a lot of people, especially when you get into situations like these, where you know the vitriol is justified. But there are situations that are, are much more innocuous than this. Yeah, we use innocuous a lot on this podcast. I noticed that in one episode. Yeah. Okay, they're, <laughs> they're they're not as bad as this. And uh, <laughs> and and you look at some of the replies to things, and people just want to tear you down. Like, and I, and I seriously question, like, what is the outcome you want? Do you would you be happy if this person like ceased to live from this yeah. point forward? Because that's often what it feels like. And mm. I, this starts delving into the whole idea of cancel culture and things like that. Such a great topic, <laughs> which is very, very tough to navigate. But I guess for the people that, you know, want to take people down, like, what do you want the outcome to be? Because my ideal outcome for this person would be like, Hey, if he really made this racist joke, he does not deserve to have this job anymore. But what I would hope would happen is that he would learn from it, make himself a better person, and then become an advocate for whatever it is that he's learned during that recovery sure. process and be able to go and look back on that at one point and say, hey, not only did I become a better person, but you know, I helped make other people more tolerant and understand this as I grew right like that that would be like the perfect outcome if he indeed made this racist joke but it seems like what a lot of people want is for this person to just die in a fire yeah yeah no I think it's I mean I I and so I think like those are the two alternatives this guy's looking at is like I can just eat shit for a couple weeks be viewed as a misogynist which in sports radio historically has not been a big problem yeah that's true and uh like that's, I mean, you and I grew up in a time. Well, we should fucking. This is going to be the longest episode. I don't know how long my fucking daughter cried for it and pooped, but uh, yeah, you can cut that part out. Yeah, we'll cut that out. But that leaves us. We're over two hours with that. Okay, in, so, so we're, we're like a one forty-five. Nobody's probably. reaching the home run game. We should talk about the home run game. We could go round and round on this racism can, thing. Can, Me can, defending it. You going against racism. <laughs> it's just a. It's a tough topic, man. But it's, yeah. it's important that we have these conversations because I think a lot of people are just, it's easier to avoid these conversations because everybody feels like they're at risk of getting in trouble having sure. them. But I think when you have two people that are willing to discuss them in a somewhat informed light, yeah. we're not super informed, but we're at least trying to handle them with care. I think the 
the greatest apology is changed behavior, which I think is what you're saying about the advocate yeah, thing. To me, absolutely. I think that's like that's the the dream, but I think that's like the movie version of it. I think yeah. in most cases, I'd like this guy to stop making racist jokes on the radio or in his personal life. Yeah. Or start a stand-up comedy career. These are the other options. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's play the home run game because we got to get out of here. Uh, uh, I, right. so, I actually researched this ahead of time. So man. I think I kind of like what we were doing the last one. You just guess the number. I like that. Yeah. I like that too. Okay. So I'll be interested if we, I mean, if we ever come across the same one, that'll be interesting. That'll be hilarious, in fact. So my mine is a guy who was like one of the, I don't want to try to on my phone figure out if this is true or not, but in my mind he was like a can't miss prospect. Okay. In the in the like conversation, maybe like a tier below a Griffey, mm-hmm. um, but like a top level prospect. Okay. A uh, left-handed hitting outfielder played for the Atlanta Braves, Cleveland baseball. David team. Justice. David Justice. It's David Justice. Yes. He played uh, 14 years in Major League Baseball, and I think we should stop giving games, at bats, and plate appearances. You can you can math those a little bit. A little bit, yeah. But so. I like the years. The years is helpful. And David Justice years. had a very long career, and he while he never became what everyone thought he was going to be, he still was a very productive hitter for a long time. Yeah. He's featured in uh, in Moneyball, the movie about the 2001 yeah. A's, so. which is uh, by the way, it's 2000 A's. It's the first time sports fans get to go read the book. It's way better. Yeah, it it actually is. The it's, movie is not great. I, I can't believe did it win an Oscar or it got nominated? I, I don't was think so it won. offended. It was the first time I've been like, "Fuck the Oscars." <laughs> It was not a well done movie. They yeah. really glossed over a lot. Even like you watch like uh they had like Royce Clayton playing Miguel Tejada and you're like, How is it that a former big leaguer at that same position <laughs> still looks weird playing And he doesn't look anything like Miguel yeah, Tejada. Yeah, they don't course. look at all. Of like, course. Yeah. Uh okay, that's a good one. Uh Justice Man, I don't think he made it to three hundred, but he was probably right around there. Somewhat close to it. I'm gonna say 289 305 home runs pretty fucking close yeah pretty close he did make it to 300 okay, which yeah i wasn't sure that if threshold made. makes it feel weird. the thresholds the home run thresholds are going to be really what we're getting at right it's like yeah. which 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 tier do we think he's in that's pretty good i mean that's strictly longevity because he was like yeah. and most guys when when they're like those uber prospects that don't live up to the hype they, their careers fizzle quick or they get to the end and they really suck. But he yeah. actually stayed productive to the end. He was married to Halle Berry. <sighs> and I think he was abusive to Halle Berry. So he's kind of a fucking monster. Yeah. I think he, he, there was another woman I think he was married to. The reason he even came into my mind is because I saw uh, it was something about how he was like going through women and it's like, you're not going to be a ball player forever. He ha- I remember when he uh, he said he had a sex addiction. Oh man, which is the playbook for being an asshole, basically. Yeah, which I mean, I don't want to shit on the mental health stuff, but uh, sex addiction is something I've never had. A guy could become an alcoholic. <laughs> I have access to alcohol. It's like, and he was doing this in the '90s. No one was claiming sex. Unless you're fucking dudes, I don't believe it. Tiger That's... Woods blew the roof off that sucker. Yeah. Now everyone's like, I'm just like Tiger. I'm addicted to sex. It's like, well, he can actually get it though. So he wins 1990 Rookie of the Year. He receives MVP votes in five seasons and is a uh, three-time All-Star, two-time Silver Slugger winner, which is a pretty goddamn good career. It's pretty just, good career. It was the expectation is like Hall of Fame. People thought he was going to be 
the next best thing for sure. Okay, but, I have another. I have a guy for you that's also some people would consider a monster. Uh, he's a switch hitter. He played for 14 years, in fact, uh, pretty longer career than I thought. He played for a number of teams. He played for the Florida Marlins initially, for the New York Mets, the Houston Astros, the Boston Red Sox, who I associate him most with the Red Sox, but he was only there for two years. Uh, then he went to the Rangers, the White Sox, the Expos, the White Sox again, and his career ended as a Seattle Mariner in 2006. God, you love these guys. You love, I love former the Expos. I like guys that were like played a long time and only had a brief blip with the Mariners. Yeah. Because in this case, this would be your lasting memory of him would be with the Mariners. It's Carl Everett. Carl Everett did not believe dinosaurs existed. <laughs> Jurassic Carl, yeah. yeah, he was one of those. He's like the original Kyrie Irving, just with a slightly different subject. I feel like Carl Everett's one of those guys too that we were always like. By the way, I'm going to be way further off from this than you were on David Justice. I can feel it already. Sixteen away is a pretty yeah. That's, that's gonna pretty be good. Tough. That's going to be tough. Yeah. Uh, and we'll, I I don't have a compilation. I'm going to start adding these up and putting. We'll start talking about how far apart we are. Because uh, you're crushing me. I think I'm doing pretty well. But I feel like I'm getting lucky. But I, I will say, uh, two-time All-Star. He was an All-Star in 2000 and 2003. Um, so he had some good seasons in there. And, yeah. yeah, obviously he played 14 years. So he played for quite a long time. He was another guy that was around the same time as David Justice was considered a super prospect and yeah. never really lived up to it. Yeah, I remember. I remember. It, and it was uh, – Every year he was also like, I mean, he obviously moved teams a lot, but it was like every year they're like, oh, we got to, you know, Carl Everett's, I feel like he was in trade rumors for the Mariners for, yeah. it was like Al Martin. He, he was around for three years yeah. or something. I mean, he bounced around to teams because I think most people didn't like him. So yeah, they got him there because of his talent and then he quickly rubbed everyone the wrong way. I've heard I've heard stories about him being an asshole that I, I don't I don't even know, remember enough details to be able to tell He's the him. only guy to try and fight Jamie Moyer who yeah. hit him with a changeup <laughs> or a curveball. It's like, come on, man. But he, he was... I mean, part of the reason he was a big prize, he was drafted 10th overall in the 1990 draft by the Yankees. So immediately, if you're a Yankees first-round pick, everyone's going to know who you are. My memory of Carl Everett is that he looked like a power hitter, and his power numbers were disappointing. And consistently, there wasn't like uh, something that he like crushed. Like He wasn't like a guy that, well, he didn't hit a lot of home runs, but he hit 50 doubles a year or something like Yeah, I'll give you this info about him. He looked like a, like a big hulking slugger, but his listed height and weight is 6 feet tall, 181 pounds, which I'm sure by That's the end of That's got to be draft day. I yeah, bet he's you know, 240. But, but, the, but he was 6 foot, so he's not, sure. like he's, a, he's not like he's this really big dude. I'm going to go 195 home runs. Wow. You are very. You are closer than I was. Oh, thank God! Two oh two. Oh, hell of a guy. A, so, yeah. We're getting pretty good at this. this yeah, is, this is some, one of those useless skills that we're going to be able to take to bars and impress no one. With. I know. Well, especially <laughs> it's not like we're like I know the exact number. It's like I could get within ten percent. I mean, of, that's pretty good. You yeah. seven away is. Uh, that might be the closest we've had. I can't remember how close I was on Lampkin. I was pretty close on Lampkin, but I don't think I was seven away. And that yeah. was a much smaller window too, because he was only like around sixty-ish home runs for his career. Right? Yeah, we'll go. We'll go back and listen to him and get the full. Uh, the full. We'll get some some data on this. We, we got to collect like number, like total number away, and then like percentage, because yeah. seven out of two hundred two is a hell of a percentage. Yeah. right there. Yeah, that's. I feel good about that. That's good. I I uh, I can't imagine when I looked at Carl Everett's baseball reference page last but it's got to be like <laughs> what, what year did he play for the mariners like 2006 2006 oh, okay. and that's the last year of his career the most home runs he ever hit in a season in 2000 one of his all-star seasons with the red sox he hit 34 
He hit 28 in his other All-Star season. I would have guessed 30 yeah. home runs. And then he, and my guess is he's but, one of these guys that hits about as many doubles as home runs. Uh, Yeah, the the 34 home run year, which was the most home runs he ever hit in a season. He had 32 doubles. So he's basically What's always... What's his career doubles? Uh, 258. <laughs> oh, a little more. Pretty, I mean, it's pretty close, though. I mean, they're basically right in line. With, like, if you... When you add up the total number, it's much higher. But when you look at each season, it's like within just a couple of each other. This is the kind of guy that I feel like earlier in his career, the Mariners could have easily overpaid for him at some point. It's kind of shocking that they never did. But, yeah, yeah I mean, he never stayed. The longest tenure he had with any team was he spent three years with the Mets from 95 to 97. And at that point, he's still a prospect, so they're probably like, yeah, this guy's a huge headache. But he's 24 years old. What are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> All right, we should. Uh, that'll be the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening, everybody. And we're going to record an intro. Yeah, let's do it. That's exciting for everyone to find out we're re- recording an intro at the end. <laughs> <laughs>